Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Kicking off another week here, and you can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you. Again, that is freetalklive.com. It's been a few days since uh, I've been on the air. As Bonnie and I traveled this weekend to the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, which is the Free State Project's annual other event. There's the big one that they do in the summertime, uh, which is the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is their camping festival that now is going to be, I believe, this summer, year number 20 for the Free State Project's summertime festival, which is great. I don't know exactly what year Liberty Forum is. I think it's probably close to 15. I believe it began in 2007, but I think they missed a couple years in there. One, due to not being able to find a, a venue during COVID at all. Regrettably. And then once in, I think, 2011, due to just the organizer at the time just totally dropped the ball and didn't book a hotel. Wow. So for the most part, it's been a yearly event. And it's been a really good event. The Liberty Forum, for those that aren't haven't been able to make it, uh, is a hotel convention. So very different from your Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is like a big party in the woods. The hotel convention is a little more, you know, a little more stuffy. There's there's more people wearing suits uh, than you would see in the forest uh, of northern New Hampshire during the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So we went to that. Yeah, but they're still libertarians. They are, and, it, and, and they still, not... do still party at night. A lot of libertarians wear like t-shirts and then a Suit yeah, it's not a. It's not a. I'm not. I didn't mean to imply that it was. It was no freedom formal. Fest. Yeah, this is not a formal event. Uh, but you know, I dressed cute the first two days. The last day was just so tired. I always forget that it's three days because it, it's such a weird combination of three days. It's like the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Yeah, but it's more of like an evening on Friday. It's not a right. full. Day. And it's even like half on Sunday too. So, Saturday is yeah, the whole. It goes full to about day. four o'clock on. Yeah, so I mean, it goes pretty late on Sunday for, sure. for some of these types of events. Anyway, it was great. Uh, there there were fewer people this year than last year, so I mean that's that's a bummer, I'm sure for the. It the was organizers. right after the biggest year for the Free State Project ever last year, so that makes sense that it would be bigger than last year or bigger last year. Well, it's I mean, not, like, you know, no. I mean, the the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival grew from one big year to the next. So the first sellout year for the Porcupine Freedom Festival was 2021. And then in 2022, they made more tickets, even though it was already sold out the previous year. They just tried to fit more people on the campground, and they did. They were able to sell that one out, too. But it remains to be uh, seen if they're going to sell out this year. I suspect it does they are. To be seen. Uh, I, I would hope so as well. I mean, certainly the interest in the Free State Project is very high. Uh, there are still a lot of people moving here, and that was one of the things I really wanted to find out because I knew that they were holding the numbers, the official numbers from the Free State Project, which are always, you have to remember, on the low end of, of things. So for those that are new to the show, the Free State Project is the migration of libertarian activists to New Hampshire. Well, at least we hope they're activists. At the very minimum, they're, they're uh, libertarian types, people who are coming here to live a more free life and to try to make things more free in general, maybe by working through the political system or doing things outside the system, whatever. Uh, that's kind of the idea. Of course, not every libertarian is a joiner. These, a lot of these guys are pretty private individuals. They don't want to have their name on a list somewhere. So Yeah, apparently there was 608 last year. But Thank you for the number. I knew it was over 600. I didn't remember the exact number. So Bonnie attended Jeremy Kaufman's speech last night. 
that was the sort of the wrap-up speech where he kind of went over you know the state of the Free State Project. And so the official number of movers is down uh, from its peak, which was over 1,000 or like 1,100 or something like that in 2021. And so their 2022 numbers are 600 and eight officially. That's just how many people moved here in that one year, though. So it's not Correct. like the number of people living here went down. I just want oh, to be yeah, clear for people going, listening. Well, yeah, it, probably, it, it may have gone down some, but I mean, well, some by, people by leave. which I mean, some people may have left, but yeah. it's probably still a net positive is what I was trying to say. And I failed at attempting to say because oh, I'm over here. This whole conversation made me realize that I never actually finished buying my pork fest tickets ah, okay. and i'm over here doing that before i can forget <laughs> again because i will forget again even if i set a re- and like i could set a reminder to do it you know at the break or something but yeah you definitely don't want to get shut out right if it sells mm-hmm. out well i i imagine they they probably have the idea that i'm going to be there anyway and it's sort of a formality to buy the tickets but it's a good thing i think to buy the tickets and to show my support and all of that great stuff right yeah absolutely but i mean they the site that we're going to be at is already booked and reserved, and they know we're going to be there. True. Yeah, that's right. And the well, I, I don't want to go too far into uh, the Porcupine right. Freedom Festival. I didn't mean it's to, a whole sorry. other event. That's three months away, and that's going to be coming up soon, by the way. So it is a good idea, though, Aria. So if you're considering going to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, go ahead and book those tickets now because the, they're going to go to full price at some point. Usually there's like an early bird rate. They are still at early bird. They at are this still? Point. Okay. So yeah, I, check I was out, surprised by that. Check out porkfest.com. But this was a good event. Uh, there was, you know, a couple maybe 300 uh, oh. upwards of 250 to 300 people there another thing to point out is that there was a crazy snowstorm that made- there was yeah and that may have affected turnout it probably affected it because it took chris um our friday night co-host two and a half hours to get to manchester from Keene instead of one hour and 15 minutes yeah and he was he had a vendor table so like he had a real interest in being there somebody who was yeah maybe they're on the fence about showing up this year probably would have stayed home yeah the the... women's defense league uh people you know how Mm -hmm. their table was empty the first two days they told me something happened so they couldn't come the first day and the second day even though they live like 15 minutes away it just wasn't they didn't go because of the snow it was so crazy i've only been once but isn't liberty forum not specifically targeted for free staters and people who have already moved here but just by its very nature it tends to draw in more people who actually live in new hampshire than people who are out of state no no i think it draws more more people from out of state okay uh, I don't know what the actual breakdown is of the audience, but there's a lot of people there that are considering moving and or have just moved uh, to New Hampshire. So we met some of those people while we were there running the table for the New Hampshire Independence PAC, uh, which is the political action committee that's supporting pro-secession candidates here. Nice. So that's that's Always why good. I was there. That's why the New Hampshire probation approved me to leave my house because I am on uh, essentially a house arrest. Did you get to stay there overnight this time? Yes. Thank wow, goodness. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah really, we have to drive in the snow. It was the first time I've slept a night outside of my house in the last two, basically two years. Yeah, I guess it was. Wow. <laughs> Almost uh, two full years coming up. Yeah. The- the second anniversary of that. It's kind of silly how fun it was to stay in a hotel like a Best Western. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was a good group of people. And, you know, obviously Bonnie and I were at the table the whole time, so we can't really comment too much on the whatever speeches there were. Yeah, uh, I went to Lily Tang Williams and then Jeremy's at the end. Yeah, and we also it. watched the secession panel, which was, which was also really good. And there's going to be video. So that's one thing that's been a change of this particular event in the last couple of years that they've actually started recording the main room as far as getting video of the speeches and i think that's an important thing to do because there's a lot of people out there that 
maybe they would want to go, but they can't quite afford the plane tickets or the vacation or whatever they would need to do. And maybe they're saving to actually move here and they, you know, whatever. Now you can see the content. I don't know when it's going to be posted, but probably over the next few months, they'll probably, you know, space it out. It took a while for some of the Porcupine Freedom Festival footage to be posted last year. Like the one thing that I was most looking forward to was the rat competition. And that took, I think... Close to four or five months before that was fully available. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of video editing that goes into that particular one. It's not just, here's an hour-long presentation sort of thing. Right. So, So, anyway, I went to Liberty Forum last year. I did not go this year, but I went last year and I did attend some of these speeches like Cody Wilson, the guy Mm -hmm. from uh, Ghost Guns. They're not Ghost Guns. He was there last year? Yeah. But they're not Ghost Guns. What are they called? His company. Uh, Defense Defense Distributed. Distributed. Thank you. Yes. He was there, and he did an awesome speech. Uh, I have no memory of him being at that event. Me either, yeah. It's weird how it feels like Liberty Forum 2022 was 2021, because it feels like two years ago. I don't know Mm. why. That feels so long ago. I think 2021 was the year they didn't have it. And I I wouldn't have been... Well, we wouldn't have gone because you were arrested. Well, he wasn't arrested yet. No, I don't Mm. think so. He was arrested like a week after Liberty Forum Liberty Forum is usually, if it happened in 2021, I would have been arrested after Yeah, I don't think that happened in 2021. I did not go that year, so I don't know. I don't think they could find a venue. Yeah. I think that was Seems about right. Uh, Good event, though. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's curious about libertarianism in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's nhlibertyforum.com. That's the website. And if you follow the Free State Project on their social media which includes i think they have the uh, active youtube channel so that's probably where they're going to post those videos if they're not on odyssey they probably are uh check them out on either of those uh, they those platforms. better be jeremy yeah, kaufman's heavily affiliated with the free <laughs> yeah, state yeah, project wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me <laughs> to find them there you you could go to table to table and meet like i don't know 100 people who are free staters if you're interested in talking to free staters there if nothing For else sure. because like their tables are interesting too like i paid f- uh, with crypto once and with a gold back once for like coffee and cookies and tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of gold back acceptance there. Oh, yeah, and that reminded me there was a really cool thing I learned that, uh, and I knew it was sort of in development, but I didn't know where it was at. There is actually a gold back store now in New Hampshire, like wow. a physical brick and mortar location where you can go in. I have not been to it, but I've seen video now. Of it's the open place. now. It's open in Manchester, New Hampshire. And so people who who are interested in goldbacks can go there and give them cash. I think they take crypto. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but you but can, also the other way around. Like if you accept yes. goldbacks for your store, but you need to turn it into cash for rent or something, you can go to this goldback store now. Right. And Congratulations. It fixes, it fixes a problem that like Justin O'Donnell had. Justin O'Donnell was like, listen, goldbacks are not that great because there's no like exchange. There's no way out. Because he, he, he runs the renting like he, he's a landlord for a building and a lot of people want to pay with goldbacks but he can't like pay the rent with goldbacks so now he probably i mean i'm not saying the he mortgage will, in that case yeah but somebody could accept goldbacks for rent and then if they needed to cash it out cash it out now easily that's I mean, not really a goldback problem and i understand where he's coming from he's been complaining about that particular issue for years yeah. though i mean mm-hmm. it's true with crypto as well that we can get all the restaurants in Keene, New Hampshire to take cryptocurrency or goldbacks or whatever, but that isn't going to help them pay their electricity bills or their nope, suppliers sure or whatever. It has gotten a lot harder to cash out crypto easily. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I've got a story about that for tonight. Another uh, crypto vending machine or Bitcoin vending machine company has been targeted. I guess I don't know if I should say another. I've not heard of any other uh, companies being targeted for this. They certainly targeted the Shire Free Church. 
over this. That's what the whole crypto uh, part of the crypto six case is about. But now they're going after a, an actual big company and they've arrested the people uh, that are running this company. So we could talk about that tonight. But there's actually way bigger news to cover here, like international level conspiracy kind of confirming because remember that like everybody's in the well not everybody but a lot of people have been saying that the conspiracy theorists have been right 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 when it comes to the covid stuff like pretty much everything that was prohibited from being said on places like youtube that will get you banned from facebook or whatever the things you weren't allowed to say they've all been shown to be absolutely true like the masks aren't effective that came out and and also the vaccine is just as effective as natural immunity, which even no, that no, no. seems they like said a lie now to me. There was a study that came out showing natural immunity was more effective oh. than the vaccine. Then that was more recent. Yeah, very recent. That was like within the last two or three weeks. That's make that was making mainstream head, headlines. So some people have been changing their minds about this. You've got people coming out uh, and speaking publicly, like Woody Harrelson who made a statement during a Saturday Night Live episode recently where he cracked a joke. I don't, did you hear? Did you guys hear what he said? You played I, it for me. I didn't hear the joke. Uh, I've seen, you know, clip not clips, but I've seen people weighing in on it on social media. I mean, it, it, what he said was probably great, but like, just shut the hell up. Where were you two years ago, man? Well, yeah. Mm, I mean, better late than never, but yeah, it certainly would have been helpful to have the pe- these people speaking out during the midst of it. But I guess you are right. Better late than never. But he cracked a joke about how he was handed a script uh, and he sat down and read it and it was all about this medical uh, you know, pharmaceutical company that managed to force all of the people in the planet to take its... Uh, it's medicine or whatever, and it was an experimental medication. He's like, who would believe this? And he threw the script aside. So he just kind of he just cracked a joke in his monologue at at uh, the what really happened, right? Yeah, and and the the audience it was Saturday Night Live. The audience was completely silent. All these New York liberals or whatever that were sitting there watching SNL being produced, they did not like that. I don't think they liked that joke at all. It went maybe over they like didn't a get rock. it. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Uh, so there's, you know, there's been some people coming out and that's interesting and all, but, uh, the big reveal here is from the Telegraph. That's a British newspaper. It's been around forever and they have, uh, they have multiple stories on this. They're calling it the lockdown files and we're only going to be able to scratch the surface of this for you. There are, uh, this has been coming out over the last several days. There have been many reports and what has happened is a certain health secretary in the UK named Matt Hancock. Apparently, he's like trying to have a book written. And you know how these people are. They don't want to write their own books. They want to have a ghostwriter come in, somebody whose job it is is to punch up the book, write the whole thing, basically, and then the individual uh, to whom it will be attributed, the politician or whatever, simply puts their name on the on the book. You guys, I'm sure, have heard about ghostwriting. That's what it is. Uh, I've heard of it, but I don't understand why they would do it. Yeah, I can't they, wrap my mind around it. Like, how is it fair? Pure laziness. I mean, they just don't have the time, quote unquote, to do it. They want to, you know, make their profile larger. They want to get more attention. They want to get their ideas out. Oh, so. he, he's getting some attention, all right. <laughs> and that's part of the problem, is that, like, once you do something like this, you you are turning over all of your information to someone else and you have to trust their judgment yes and, and if you have some sex scandal or something you have to trust that they're gonna be like hey look let's 
let's not include this in the book instead of taking it to the press. Well, right. And so in this case, uh, and we'll get into the details here, the person he gave his details to to write this book actually did the right thing and went rogue, essentially, violated her non-disclosure agreement. I didn't know Sarah Palin was a writer. <laughs> and she... Uh, she just released all this information. Over a hundred thousand WhatsApp messengers or messages sent between ministers, officials, and others show how the government used scare tactics to force compliance and push through lockdowns. Matt Hancock, this is the guy in question here, wanted to deploy a new COVID variant to quote frighten the pants off unquote the public and ensure they complied with the lockdown according to leaked messages. It makes me wonder if he had anything... It, what doesn't make sense that he would actually have a hand in deploying a physical virus because he's just a politician, not he's like a scientist. He's the health secretary. Oh, but the other thing is, could this he is like mean... The, 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 I mean, it sounds to me, health secretary like, sounds but wait, like let me, let me finish what I'm yeah. saying. It could be that he's literally sending out a real virus, like variant, or it could mean that they're deploying the idea of the virus like they just started saying there's a new variant because like that that could also be totally true they just started saying there's a new variant people freak out about it you know in a message uh simon case the cabinet secretary said quote the fear slash guilt factor was vital in ramping up the messaging unquote during the third national lockdown in january 2021 these guys are absolutely admitting that they are really keying in on making people afraid yeah to but get why what what do they get what does this guy get out of it and i, and I think that's the important question here and mm-hmm. i i don't know the answer to that but like what is his motive for seizing this control he wants people to comply with the lockdowns he wants people to be afraid of COVID 19 he wants to release a new variant right so mm-hmm. he's not trying to protect people uh-uh. he he doesn't care if there's a new variant that's going to kill people he just wants people to obey and to be obedient and so that you he can control your question them. right but what does he get out of that i'm not enough of a psychopath it's a power to un- freak thing right? i don't understand that though we can't understand it we're not those kinds of people like these are the kind of people who get off likely to some extent. I don't know if they can, actually it has orgasm. To be, what else could it whatever, be? That's they, not what that always means, Ian. Well, I'm just saying the terminology get off. He's getting his jollies to some extent. These people really enjoy at some level that we don't. They really enjoy controlling people. Yeah, I can't imagine what else it would be except maybe an actual orgasm mm-hmm. as a result of this. There's nothing else to get out of it. Uh, the previous Sorry. month. Sorry, <laughs> these are weird. I just wouldn't think that that would be what it is. I think that's one step, and then the next step gets a more power, more power, more money, and power over people. Sure, Not orgasm for for them. What does it feel like? Right? What, is it, know, like what does power feel like to these people? Like yeah, it's it got to feel good like because rush. they keep chasing it, right? Yeah. I think yeah. of it more like a cocaine rush than an orgasm. I mean, Aren't right. they basically the same thing though? One rush. Are we allowed versus to say that on rush? the on the radio yes, anyway? Absolutely, it's a. It's a it's a sexual scientific, uh, scientific term. So Matt Hancock, the then health secretary, appeared to suggest in one message that a new strain of COVID that had recently emerged would be helpful in preparing the ground for the looming lockdown by scaring people into compliance. This is a new... Who was it who said never let a good disaster go to waste? Was, wasn't that Cheney? Or Bush, I or I like attributed like, to so many people. Yeah, it's probably so some Nazi or something. I mean, that probably goes way back. Wouldn't wouldn't be my surprise. Uh, in in a WhatsApp conversation from December thirteenth, obtained by the Telegram, Damon Poole, one of Mr. Hancock's advisors, 
informed his boss that Tory MPs were, quote, furious already about the prospect, unquote, of stricter COVID measures and suggested that, quote, we can roll pitch with the new strain, unquote. Now, I have no yeah, idea what roll what pitch means. actually means. Have you ever heard roll pitch as like British slang? I have no idea. Because that's what it sounds like to me. The comment suggested they believed the strain could be helpful in preparing the ground for a future lockdown and tougher restrictions in the run-up to Christmas 2020. Yeah, you remember when Britain was, uh, the news was coming out about Britain literally canceling Christmas? Do you remember that during COVID? Vaguely, yeah. man. That, that was such a long time ago. And there's been, I mean, that was almost an actual lifetime ago for me because that was pre-raid, right? So that Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was long, it is a long time. My entire perspective on reality was different then, but I, I do I remember vaguely remember it. Yep. There's just like a... Sorry, I can't think of the word. Engineer type term that means roll pitch. Hmm. And it, I can I typed in like slang, British slang. It, it doesn't come up with anything. Well, what does the, the engineering term mean? Does it say? Rotation around the front to back axis is called roll. Rotation around the side to side axis is called pitch. Hmm. Well, the article explains that it means preparing the ground for the lockdown. So basically. weird. It's not on the internet. <laughs> uh, Hancock then replied, quote, We frighten the pants off everyone with the new strain. Poole, his advisor, agreed, saying, quote, yep, that's what will get proper behavior change. The discuss came, uh, discussion came two days after Hancock was informed of the emergence of a new variant known as Alpha or the Kent variant in December of 2020. I think all the people out there who are like, you know, you, you got to spank your kids and make them, a, you, they got to respect you and be afraid of you. I think all of those people, they should be happy about this. Hmm. That's all it is. It's the government saying, no, we have to spank you and make you afraid of us because for we love you and this for your own good. And this way you'll respect us because they've confused respect and fear so much that hmm. they can't tell the difference between the two things. Hancock expressed his worry that talks over Brexit would dominate headlines and reduce the impact and probed Poole for his media advice. Quote, when do we deploy the new variant, he said. So I guess under the context, the conversation wasn't that they have the new variant to release I think what he was saying there was that when do we deploy the news about the new variant? How do we most accurately get as much attention as possible? Is that really any better? Especially if he's talking to a media guy. And no, I don't think it's better. It's just that I was wondering. It's manipulative as hell is what it is, right? Like if there's a variant and it's dangerous, you don't just wait and have a meeting about when the best time to announce it is. And the placebo effect effect is so strong. I mean, even if there wasn't a new variant and they just announced... there was. Some people probably, like, died Would from it. Would believe it, it yeah, yeah. And get sick. Or at least get sick. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. More about what are now being called the Lockdown Files. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. 
and you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. We are revealing a little bit of a series of articles from the Telegraph over in the UK. It's a lot of data that they're going through. They've been given over 100,000 WhatsApp messages between various different high-level politicians within the UK government. And what you can extrapolate from this is that if the UK politicians, who arguably are very, very similar in demeanor and, you know, how they run things to the U.S. politicians. Yeah, they're two sides of the same coin for the most part. Yeah, if if the U.K. politicians are this, you know, dishonest and mercenary and plotting and evil, which, of course, we always knew, we know that's what politicians are. It's just you. some people have to see the evidence. And, and so here it is. But they... The problem with that is that even if they see the evidence, these same people will still be like, well, that's, that's the United Kingdom. Dr. Fauci isn't like that. <laughs> Joe Biden here. isn't like that. I, I mean, if that's the level of denial that you're in, obviously this isn't going to persuade you. I mean, what there hasn't been like massive outrage about the stuff coming out like the natural immunity is better than no, there hasn't, no. uh, vaccine immunity or that masks never worked, actually. There's not been a bunch of people coming out like, wow, I was wrong, like... I need to talk to these conspiracy theorists. I think you're right Nothing about like that. Nothing like that has happened. It doesn't matter when they see that they were wrong. They just move on. You're absolutely right. I think that they're the, the mask wearer, the kind of person that today is still going around wearing a mask in their car by themselves <sighs> or walking down the street wearing a mask or whatever, which, by the way, it's a surprising number of young people that do this. Yeah, there was like one. Demographically. There was one young waitress at the restaurant we went to today wearing a mask mm-hmm. when like no one else was so it wasn't like mandated by her well we don't know what the rules are on that restaurant it could be the restaurant has mandated vaccines and that anyone who doesn't take the vaccine still has to wear a mask while they're it's working. possible so she could be unvaccinated but in my experience no one's checking for vaccines at this point I, we, yeah. at, at the place i work we've hired probably 15 people this year we haven't asked a single one of them if they're vaccinated I get where you're coming from, and I don't. I'm just saying I don't want to go out on a limb because this sure. restaurant had signs up in the waiting area asking people to wait in their car well, because there wasn't enough. Wow. I, yeah, I pointed them out to you. You're probably talking to Jay, oh. but, uh, but yeah, there's. It's not the largest waiting area or anything like that, but there's literally signs up saying "Please wait in your car." So they haven't taken those signs down. So that to me indicates, and and Concord's a, a political city, right? So yeah. like they're probably pandering to the bureaucrats or whatever. Anyway. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you, Bonnie. I don't think that this story, as bombshell as it is, as far as revealing these politicians were absolutely trying to manipulate public opinion, trying to stoke fear. And again, we barely even scratched the surface of it. But that I don't think this is going to take people who are walking around wearing a mask and say, oh, oh my goodness, I've been lied to and you know, strip the mask off and then completely change their demeanor. I Second agree cost you. fallacy at this point, man. Yeah. And a lot of people who just uh, like are, you know, middle road, they're not like serious mask wearers and stuff. I think they're just tired of hearing about it. Like if they saw an article come out about COVID, they'd be they're, like, they're not going to read it. They're yeah. Fatigued. I don't like hearing about it, really. 
All right. Well, I but still invested so much in this mask nonsense that if like for two years now they've made some people have made it their entire personality right yeah that's true. and even if they didn't go that far they've still they spent two years doing it now they they're they firmly invested their lives they're gonna keep into going wearing the, the rest of their lives some of these people yeah nothing it's going to take something i, I don't know what to sh- to shake them out of that complacence and that delusion that it's just like a religious person who's, you know, been born and raised in, in whatever religious background they have. They're not just going to snap out of it of their own accord most of the time. Yeah, that's true. They're gonna If they hear this news at all, if they were to actually listen to this discussion or read these articles, because there's a series of them from The Telegraph, then they would still justify the masks by saying, well, the politicians may be dishonest, but they're still COVID and it was still killing millions of people. So we have to keep safe, right? So they'll still have... Some sort of internal narrative that just rejects the political angle and still embraces the fear of the whole thing. Even though it was politicians like this guy who were the ones telling us that it was killing millions of people. (laughs) Right, and there's no reason to believe politicians. As far as I can tell, there's no reason to believe that anyone died as a result of COVID-19. It's hard to say. Certainly some people died in the last two years, but that's the most I can say. Yeah, it does seem like they just, a lot of people died because of other morbidities like heart conditions, just old age, uh, whatever other problems they were having. And then they tested for COVID and they checked off a box on a form and said, oh, well, that death was due to COVID. And like no one died of the flu that year. That's, that was really suspicious. That's the biggest thing right there. And then we learned that, you know, the COVID-19 test they were doing cannot tell the difference between mm-hmm. the flu and COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And we learned this more than a year ago. And, and people still haven't adapted to it, going, oh, I guess all of those test results were useless and weren't they? Yes. No, they're still testing. Like, in the federal court during Ian's trial, they were having, like, all the witnesses test. But it's useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they know it is. It, it, it yeah. doesn't matter at this point. It's scientifically proven, in so much as anything is proven, to be useless. During the pandemic, the government was accused of scaremongering. This is according to the, the Telegraph. But it was denied, with Mr. Hancock's department saying such accusations were, quote, misleading. Among the latest lockdown That's files, fake news. <laughs> disclosures, the Telegraph can reveal messages that suggest Boris Johnson veered between lockdown skeptic and zealot. So <clears throat> in this story, it's a completely separate story about Boris Johnson. He was initially apparently skeptical towards the lockdown, and then when he found out that it would be politically popular for him to go on the full attack against COVID and uh, become a zealot for it, he changed his tune. Kind of like how DeSantis in Florida did the reverse. DeSantis was pro-lockdown, and then he determined that it would actually benefit him politically to go the other direction. So these people are just, they're complete political animals. They are not honest individuals who have actual like beliefs they'll just their belief is whatever makes me more powerful yeah and that's that's one way to live an empty life i guess that that's the only that's the end result of whatever game it is that they're playing they may be successful at that point but their their spirits will always be empty the messages also show behind the scenes animosity shown toward lord stevens of birmingham then the chief executive of nhs england Hancock declared in one message to to an advisor, quote, he needs to know he's massively effing up, uh, he said. So there's a lot of this is kind of like politicians talking crap about one another. So there's definitely still infighting going on amongst the the political spectrum. 
during all of this. So I'm going to jump through some of the the stupid stuff about somebody with his mistress and, you know, politicians uh, insulting one another. And then it kind of gets back into uh, some more interesting details. But if you want to join the show, you're welcome to. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By by the beginning of December, uh, I'm not sure which year they're referring to here, the country had come out of the second national lockdown a one-month circuit breaker, and entered a tiered system of restrictions that meant different areas of the country were subject to varying measures. Yeah, which is completely stupid and unscientific, but, you know, whatever. They did the terror alert orange thing back in 2001, and that didn't go any better. But, you know, it, it taught them how to make a neat little graph with a color wheel that they could follow and convey it. Well, remember they did that with terrorism. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there was like that's what I said. Terror, level. terror, or yeah. yellow, or whatever. My little sister was supposed to come visit me in 2020, and it was like the, it was planned before the lockdown or mm-hmm. whatever. But it was going to happen in like June, and uh, like a week before, my dad called me and was like, "Elswith can't go because um, here on Dugway Proving Ground, where he still had a military job. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not military, but government. He he worked for like just the government for like one year after. Anyways, he was like, they're not going to let anyone." Back on Dugway. Without quarantine. Who has been to a red zone. And San Antonio is a red (laughs) zone right now. I was like, I have been sick this whole time. Who cares? And he didn't let her go because he could have gotten like in trouble. Wow. Politicians have already warned that some government messaging during COVID, including using fear tactics in poster and health campaigns, were grossly unethical. And their inflated fear levels contributed to ex- excess non-COVID deaths and increased anxiety disorders. This is what po- psychologists were already saying before all of these revelations came out. I-, I could see that. I mean, for the people who are susceptible and who actually believe the nonsense that the government says, yeah. E- extremely bad anxieties. It's just like Greta Thunberg being told her entire life that, you know, global warming is going to kill you. You're going to mm-hmm. die in the next five years and it's going to be miserable and everyone else is to blame and you are going to die. She believes that. That crap. screws people up. It's part and, of who she is now. Yeah. And then the government's doing that to everyone about COVID-19. You're going to die. It's amazing that anyone is still sane. The exchange was not the only time the former health secretary and other senior officials discussed tactics to frighten the public into compliance. Six months earlier, in June of 2020, when the U.K. was coming out of the first lockdown, Mr. Hancock, who was, again, the chief health guy uh, there, and some other bureaucrats appeared pleased that a study on the virus's spread showing it going in a positive direction had not received publicity while a gloomy study had been picked up by the media. So they were happy that news that the virus was not spreading very well was being downplayed in the media, and instead the media was focusing on the negativity. Quote, if we want people to behave themselves, maybe that's no bad thing, said Hancock in a WhatsApp message. Sir Patrick appeared to agree, responding, quote, suck up their miserable interpretation and over-deliver, he said. What? I don't really know what that means, but I don't get English English. Uh, one survey, the real-time assessment of community transmission study from the Imperial College in London. Can you explain what that meant? Uh, so they're... Suck up their miserable interpretation. Yeah. Uh, that part? So it sounds to me like he's he wants to uh, utilize whatever this report was in order to uh, push even more controls, basically. 
Uh, one survey, the real-time assessment of community transmission from Imperial College London, showed the letter R, capital R, the reproduction rate for the virus, had declined to 0.57. Meanwhile, Cambridge University study in conjunction with Public Health England showed a high transmission rate in some parts of the country, prompting fears of local lockdowns. Four months later, Mr. Poole suggested in a group chat that a decision to stop publishing a so-called watch list of the areas with the highest prevalence of the virus would be helpful to the government because it would make every area of the country concerned about the spread of COVID in a second wave. Quote, it helps the narrative that things are really bad if we don't publish, said Mr. Poole. Okay, so... Hmm. Hide the information that says things are getting better. Correct. Wow. So as to make it easier to stoke fear. Right, obviously. In January 2021, Mr. Case suggested that the fear factor would be vital. And by the way, they have like screenshots of a lot of these conversations interspersed throughout this article. Uh, and we'll share this for you over at social.freetalklive.com and you can dig in as deep. Because I, I said there's like... I don't... I just want to know why he would give the ghostwriter all of this because it's like she wasn't going to put all this in the book... I think they get to the actual like behind the scenes story of how this info came out, uh, but they probably forgot about it. I mean, yeah, if you're steeped in corruption, to him, he probably didn't give any thought to how That's corrupt and messed up what he's been saying. Is. Yeah, he's, he's just lazy. like, yeah, she signed a non-disclosure agreement anyway. Disclosure. Right. He's like, oh, okay, I'll just send it all. Whatever. Uh, in January 2021, Mr. Case suggested the fear factor would be vital in combating the latest COVID wave during the third lockdown. Case and Hancock discussed what further measures would be effective, including so-called more mask wearing to be mandatory, including in all settings outside the home. Case then said, quote, basically, we need to get compliance up, but said some measures like a ban on angling. I have no idea what that means. I think fishing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Quote, we'll be parodied galore if it looks like we have suddenly decided fishing is the first step toward tier five. Hancock replied, I honestly wouldn't move on any small things unless we move on a lot. The only big remaining things are nurseries and workplaces. Case said, I agree. I think that is exactly right. Small stuff looks ridiculous. Ramping up the messaging, the fear slash guilt factor, vital. Cabinet Secretary then who's suggested... Got, who's out there feeling guilty about COVID? I mean, obviously the people were... Yeah, people are like, were. yeah, I can't go out. I'm going to make it unsafe. I could kill someone. My grandmother... Uh, the captain, cabinet secretary then suggested the reopening of a Nightingale Hospital in London used as an overflow facility for non-COVID patients would be, quote, a big public moment, unquote. But in reality, only a handful of patients were ever admitted. So it sounds like a lot of what we saw here where they would tout that they had like some special vaccination or a testing, yeah, oh. a testing facility where they'd put like tents outside of a hospital or in some random. I know they had right. them over at Keene State College here in the big parking lot near the Walmart. They had a, a COVID station set up. And anytime you would drive by, it was completely desolate. Hmm. There was there was no one there. Uh, let's see what else. But it's to make people feel better because otherwise the hospitals would be overwhelmed. With the and, sick and course, the dying. Plenty of people were going into hospitals and seeing that they weren't overwhelmed and then reporting the actual truth. Plus nurses doing TikToks and stuff like that, which I, I don't know what the deal is with that. But like, I'm, how busy Think really... Of the attention they could get in that moment. They were yeah. heroes. I mean, it, what was going... Did you watch any of these? I mean, what was going on? I, I understand that a nurse at some point is going to have, you know... Half an hour to kill in order to make a TikTok video. And when I'm at work, I don't work 
constantly every single second of every single shift. No one does. So I, I could see how a nurse would have a little bit of time to record some TikTok videos. Yeah, but weren't there like a bunch of nurses dancing, coordinated, like choreographed yeah, that's dancing? True. Like, do all the nurses ever get a time where they all have 30 minutes? Probably not. Right. I mean, you got to practice to be a good you yeah. know, choreographed dance squad. Right, that ain't no thirty-minute thing. You can't just you can't uh, just go and, and learn some dance moves and then perform them with others who aren't dance professionals in thirty minutes. That took some time. We should we should ask Nikki about it. She would probably have good insight. Well, I've never even seen the videos. Right, I I have some idea of how long it takes to make a video and that that sort of thing. But like, I've never seen any of the nurse dancing TikTok, so I don't know what people are even talking about. I saw a lot that were like shared. I didn't like go on TikTok and get some suggested for me or anything like that. Even though at the time I was like on TikTok a lot to pass time during like in the middle of 2020. All right. So I kind of went through the sort of introductory. Here's some of the bombshell statements clearly proving that these politicians are, you know, as you might have imagined, scum of the earth who are happy to lie to uh, the people that they quote unquote serve about this whole thing. But I'm now on their lockdown files page. And the number of stories is far more than what it was just, you know, a day or two ago on this topic. I'm just going to give you some of the headlines. Actually, this one might be useful. Ten things we've learned so far. So these go back to... I love a list. Yeah, these go back to roughly the beginning of March, I think, when these things started coming out. I mean, it's way more than I even could have imagined. Um so at one point they were they were making fun of people who had turned themselves in to quarantine in one of these stories, like the you know how they had those hotels set up and they would yeah. quarantine people in there. Um, and the right. politicians were making fun of people who turned themselves who turned in. themselves in. I mean, yeah. so were we. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we didn't cause it. We didn't make them true. do it and then laugh at them. So let's see. Uh, Matt Matt Hancock's secret plan to import French COVID patients. Consultants were paid a total of a million pounds a day to work on the NHS test and trace, according to the leaks. Sex ban during the lockdown sparked fierce debate, according to the leaked WhatsApp messages. Uh, Matt Hancock rejected advice to cut COVID isolation as it would, quote, imply we have been wrong, unquote. These are all headlines. There's all stories behind every single one of these uh, these headlines. But we know now that they were, in fact, wrong. Yes. Indeed. Everything the government says that you should do for the last two years in regard to COVID-19 was, was totally wrong. wrong. And oppressive. How Matt Hancock chose saving face over ending unnecessary pandemic. Uh, let's see. Going on here. Project Fears psychological warfare must never be repeated, say lockdown rebels. Well, obviously, we agree with that. That's not a, a revelation here. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. Oh, this headline is sounds hilarious. Inside Matt Hancock's desperate bid to be known as Mister Vaccine. That's well, why I got it. I got to see this. He had to be Doctor Fauci <laughs> of the UK, I guess. I, I could see him wanting that particular title as well, but yeah. to be what was it, Doctor Vaccine? Mister Vaccine. Vaccine. I don't get it. Is this an old? headline from before these no texts this is came all out? from the from the text oh. all this whole all of these headlines i'm reading to you and i'm skipping many of them are all come they've all come out within the last three or four days so oh. like they just keep Good on Lord. coming they got a hundred thousand text messages to go through yeah but so he was in there like i want to be mr vaccine 
That's so silly. Hancock feared he would not get credit for the UK's vaccine success and described the speeding up of the jabs rollout as a, quote, Hancock triumph. The former health secretary's WhatsApp messages show he fought to be the face of Britain's vaccine campaign at the height of the pandemic and became furious if he thought others were getting the credit. So this is all about Hancock, right? This was all about his career and his, you know, uh, vision being seen as he's the creator of all of this he wanted to to bring all of the attention upon himself it wasn't about helping anyone except for hancock well i've got good news for him about attention he's getting plenty of it now (laughs) that's true and by the way he apparently has not denied any of this how could he right well i mean he could say it's all fake right because she could have i guess theory doctored the lady that leaked this could have doctored it but uh, he was told by his media advisor that fronting Britain's vaccine program would allow the press and public to forgive him for imposing lockdowns and that politically he must balance the two. By late 2020, after Britain had been plunged into a second lockdown, it became clear the pandemic would only end with a nationwide vaccination program never before seen in the country. Hancock had already battled with his cabinet colleagues over who should have overall control of the procurement strategy, struck an uneasy compromise between the Department of Health and Social Care and the uh, some other department. In November of 2020, they caught wind that Pfizer was planning an imminent announcement that its vaccine was more than 90% effective against COVID-19, which we've seen those numbers have changed hmm. uh, yep. since that time. It's now like, what, less than... 40 percent or something. And meanwhile, the UK was putting all of their money on AstraZeneca. On hearing the news was about to break, Hancock bemoaned that he was not live on camera and worried he would be overshadowed by Alok Sharma, the then business secretary. And then they actually get into the text messages between his media advisor and Hancock. Uh, Poole says, Pfizer announcement at lunchtime on their vaccine. Just had this from the Oxford comms director. And Hancock says, okay, pity I'm not up in the commons. I should do a clip. We should pump out the NHS doc. Poole's, uh, his guy says, yep. He says, do no 10 no? Don't know. They do, yes. I should definitely do the round tomorrow. Yes. Seems like, how are they speaking English? The uni and I don't document- understand them. Well, it's, uh, of course, they're also using shorthand, right, for acronyms and What's things. What's no 10 no? I don't know. Some, uh, some office, I think. The unit document won't be the lead, he says. No, it won't, says his advisor. It must not, in all caps, be ALOC, the guy that uh, is apparently his competitor. (laughs) It is true. He wants to be the Fauci. Yeah. This would all be, you know, amusing if they weren't, you know, playing with people's People's lives lives. here. If if this was, you know, Hollywood movie stars bickering over a role, it would be... It would be petty and none of us would be paying attention to it because we don't care about that sort of thing. But it would at least not be causing people to die. But the, or at this, least they're like businesses and freedom. and Yes. Know. And the, this guy in his bid to have his face be the, the poster child of the vaccine and to you know be famous and to have all the power and the women. And well, how much like really, dude? You're not a rock star. You're not going to be a rock star. Even if you were the Dr. Fauci of the United Kingdom, you're not going to have groupies throwing themselves at you naked. What what is he expecting? Well, Ariana Ariana Grande, sorry, and uh, one of those late night talk show guys, yeah, yeah, did a whole song about Dr. Fauci where they brought up a big flag of his face and stuff. Yeah. 
Probably it got lots That's of right. Who was that? Ariana Grande. And who else? Who was the guy? I don't remember his name. Jimmy he Fallon? He was a Brit. Yeah, no, Jim- it wasn't. Fallon Grande did a second song later. It was like with a Christmas theme. That was one, but yeah, she was I'm actually getting in my two. COVID shot or something. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. I was pushing the vaccine at the time. She, uh, she, and the other guy who was a Brit, and I'm sorry, I don't remember Piers his name. Morgan. He's, no, no, this one's like a chubby young, younger, uh, chubby guy. Oh, that guy. Corden, I know. Corden. James yeah, yeah, Corden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot. So yeah. That was the one, quote unquote, celebrating Fauci. ending the lockdown, and then they worshipped. They literally Fauci like worshipped Fauci. Fauci was weird. Ugh, gross. Early on in the pandemic, Hancock and his media advisor discussed how taking credit for the vaccine would allow the public and media to quote forgive him for backing lockdowns that removed their liberty. And this was all very, very calculated. There's more coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts on some pretty big bombshells coming out from the UK, revealing the complete manipulation, control freakery going on behind the scenes of the push of COVID restrictions. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. We are going through content that is just humongous at this point. It is probably dozens of articles now, at least two dozen, I think, just at a glance from the Telegraph. I'm glad to hear they're taking a break from uh, the World Economic Forum's thing, the Davos thing. What's it called? What's going on right now? Like a month ago. No, no, no. The the little plan they have to take over the world and make us all eat bugs or whatever. What do they call that? Uh, The Greater Reset. Yes. I'm glad they're taking a break. This joke would have been a lot better if I hadn't forgotten the name of it. I guarantee Um, you that this character probably is involved with the World Economic Forum because I'm 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 pretty sure I saw a picture of him standing with... Uh, what's his name from Davos? I'm just glad they're taking a break from their series on the on the world, the reset, the Great Reset, to talk about this. The yep. politicians who are behind the Great Reset. This, uh, for those just tuning in, is what is being called the Lockdown Files. And is this getting any coverage in the United States? Is there any mainstream media source in the United States covering this story? This is a bombshell story involving 100,000 text messages on the WhatsApp uh, that was a database that got leaked to the media. And not even leaked as in like by an anonymous person. The woman who leaked this is in public saying, I did this and here's why. They even have an editorial piece from the, this lady. Her name is Isabel Oakshot. And she's explaining why she, as a journalist and a writer, decided to violate her non-disclosure policy with a certain politician named Matt Hancock, who was the head health minister of the UK during COVID, why she chose to release this information. So she's not like some sort of anonymous source. It's right out there. We know how this information was given to her. It was given to her by consent by this Hancock guy. She was helping him write a book at the time, and he literally just downloaded a database from WhatsApp and gave the information over to her and then she went public with with what is over a hundred thousand texts between politicians, high level ranking politicians and their advisors in the UK about COVID 
and about how they were absolutely manipulating public opinion to justify lockdowns, to justify controlling people, ginning up fear on purpose, unnecessarily hiding data that could have been against what they were. I mean, it the list just goes on and on and on here. It's wild. And it makes me kind of sad. Uh, I think you mentioned that this goes back to March was when these articles first started appearing or when the this month. Oh, this yeah, that's why okay. I asked you that question last time. I was like, are you saying these are old articles? Because for some reason, I thought March of last year, too. No, I'm okay. sorry. The I feel so much month. better now then. Okay, no, I was no, like, I... no, this has been out for months and no one's given it any attention. Yeah. I think this, I just, I did find a story here from late February, so it may have been sometime toward the end of February. Yeah, but this is like broke. recent. Yeah, so this is fresh, which is why I'm still, saying. still, I, I wasn't banned on Twitter for, uh, you know, at the end of February and... I haven't seen anything up talk anyone talking about it on Twitter. I this wouldn't, wouldn't have heard about it. it without Ian. And you were rightly, it. I mean, you were wrongly banned on Twitter for calling Biden a fag, right? Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, and thank Disgusting. you for your post about it. I obviously couldn't like it or anything. It's ridiculous. It's like you have f word pass. It's just that if you <laughs> say it's offensive to gay people, anytime you call a white old man a fag, you're calling all gay people fags. Yeah, no, he's definitely a fag. And he, I don't know if he's gay or not, but he's definitely a fag. Oh, wait, did I call him gay? I have no. to say straight. Oh. I'm just saying, I mean, being gay and being a fag are two very, very... Exactly. South Park nailed this one, as, as they so often nail things, but they, they absolutely nailed the, the ever-changing definition of fag. And it's... And they're not wrong. It's such a fun word to say. It's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it something with uh, the teacher or something? I no, don't remember it, that. Bi- bikers oh. uh, on, on, you know... Harleys and stuff making all the noise and you know as someone who lives oh, on the highway yeah. I every time every time spring and summer rolls around I do want to yell in my window fag every time <laughs> these people drive by you know blaring their motorcycles because it's loud and it's obnoxious and it's well Bonnie will be back I on Twitter too. soon enough Freaks although you've, you've said you're debating whether or not you actually want to go back to Twitter yeah it's just like do I want to go back to Twitter when I got punished like a little kid for calling Joe Biden something I should totally be allowed to call him oh, yeah. did they make you delete the tweet when, yeah when i called sununu a fag and got banned for that they made me actually go in and delete the tweet before the seven day countdown would even start well i didn't know that you got banned for that because the thing is i really didn't maybe in hindsight it's like yeah you should have known you'd get banned for that but seriously i really didn't think that that was something you could get banned for even like pre-elon musk taking over i didn't think mm. i mean like that's so crazy. And the thing is, somebody obviously had to have reported me because yeah, it's they, like... Because mm-hmm. you said fag in yeah. your response, Aria, right? Yeah, right. and yeah. in a comment on Ian's response and no one like automatically banned you. It's not an automatic thing. But, but look, good- if, they, if they saw me saying the word fag and they were like, all right, what are we going to do? What would they do about this, right? Because mm. what, what do you do with the trans person who uses the word fag like that? I don't know. I, I apparently they the did thing, nothing. All my gay friends call like they'll be like, "Yeah, like I don't like this guy. He's a fag." And it's and mm. somebody, some straight boy, would be hanging out with would be like, "Isn't that not okay to say?" And he would they'd just be like, "I'm gay, but I'm not a fag." Right. Hmm. 
I mean, uh, Will, who used to do the show called A Freedom With Me, he, he was a DJ at some gay club or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the fag rags that they wore, which were, you know, handkerchiefs that they had leaving, hanging out of their back pocket that would yes. give you an idea of what sort of thing that person was into. Right. It's well, indicated a sexual preference. Yeah. And, and they were called fag rags. Mm-hmm. And that's just what everyone called them. <laughs> it wasn't offensive. That was just, I mean, well, yeah, that was probably kind of offensive. But I mean, that was just what they everyone it's, called them. It's like black people say the N word and they are not offending themselves and it's like uh girls have kind of taken back like the word slutty like sometimes like you'll buy a shirt and you'll be like oh this is so slutty i love it it doesn't mean i'm a whore (laughs) bitch is definitely one as well bitch that's a better example because probably less people say slutty and it was used in such a derogatory way i guess we went for such a long period of time Mm -hmm. but every woman i know calls every woman she knows a bitch bitch. and and it's not it's like it's like this bitch over here. It's, right. yeah. it's not it's not a mean way yeah. that you would expect you know they them to use it in a nineteen ninety nine rap song. It's just a term of endearment. <laughs> my bitch, my what bitch, yeah. yeah, my bitch, my fag over here, <laughs> Joe Biden, my fag. You know? Let's go to uh, Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. We just go got ahead. banned from every video go platform. <laughs> go ahead, Major. Good God, you guys do love to ride off the rails, don't you? What's on your mind? All right, well, here you go. Um, a fag, the original definition is a burnable tinder. Yep. A bundle of fags is fagots. That's right, yep. All right. All right. Now, um, Bonnie had a question she was trying to get off of Google, and she, it wouldn't spit her the truth about the pitch and the roll, hmm. about that comment from the English guy. Yeah, yeah roll uh, the pitch. Populists wouldn't understand the pitch and the roll. That's an old nautical term. You got to remember, English are sea-bearing people. Mm. The pitch is the cant of the ship. The wind's blown to the right; it's going to be canted one way. If the ship's blown to the left, it's going to be canted the other way. Mm -hmm. The roll is the buck of the sea. Yeah, that's something related to like what did pop up that seemed kind of like a engineering term. It had a picture of like an airplane, so apparently they use those terms with like airplanes too. But it's like I just wanted to know what it meant colloquially. Applied to wind and pressure and such. So, yeah, okay. that makes sense to cross them. What else? Um, well, you guys were talking about all the heinousy of this uh, th- this damn COVID and the, the untruth of it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a poster that they were putting out when I was just like five, seven years old about marijuana pot. The evil weed with the roots in hell. Wow. <laughs> Everything was glowing and the devil was behind it. Wow. The pot plant, right? Remember the, I mean, you may not have been around for it, but there was propaganda in like the 1930s. It was like, hey, this will make your your nice little white wife lust after the black men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Reefer Madness was the movie. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah. That's a classic. I don't think I ever saw it, but I do remember the title. It's easy to come across anybody that wants to see Reefer Madness. I'm pretty sure it's like free to watch online because it's just so old. Is it a documentary? No, it's totally fiction. It's oh, you've never seen Reefer Madness. I've never watched it either. When I, I asked that, it. my my question is: Is it a documentary about the propaganda in the 30s and no, the 40s no. used against it marijuana? It is propaganda from the 30s. Oh wow! But was it played in like movie theaters or like? I don't know because obviously it wouldn't be like know. on the internet. It so, must have like, been. Must it must have been, been movie, movie theaters. theaters. Yeah. Uh, Good. The, the original fear of pot came from the uh the jazz musicians mm-hmm. yep. they were the ones that were huffing the chiva and uh people got spooked it's I mean, probably the jazz music that was getting the 
white ladies to have sex with the black guys, not the weed. Bonnie makes a good point. Sorry, sorry, Major Payne. No, I'm just saying that people don't understand something. It's a puffing achievement. It's just like, oh, what are we going to do about this? And they don't know. So, they, well, it's, well, let's do what we've always done. Let's limber up a rope and round up the horses. I mean, you make a really good point. Humans, we, we like to think that we're evolved and we're, we're so much better now than we were four or 500 years ago. But the whole issue with the witch trials and with the Inquisition and all of that was that something mysterious would happen. Something unexplained would happen. And someone would get called a witch. And then you, then it, it just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And going all the way back to humankind watching the, apparently watching the sun orbit the earth and creating all of these mythologies about a flying sky chariot, of, that this was a god who was keeping us all warm. Anything that we didn't understand, we explained that it's, it's magic. And then we killed people who disagreed with us. Just like well, put on the mask and that'll keep you safe and it's magic and, and it'll work. And if it doesn't, and if you disagree, we'll kill you. Area. As far as the sky chariot carvings, they are all through history. Thousands of years old everywhere throughout the world. I know, because you if you look up in the sky, the, the sun is the dominant feature. Hmm. Well, not yeah, but that, that you're, you're dealing with the Egyptians. Yeah, where the sun was still the most dominant feature in the sky. Well, the yeah, they had a whole important story with the, the sun sons of like been a guiding thing through history. It's the, one of the few constants along with the moon. Yeah, the because they're the dominant the features in the sky. Yeah, it gives life to the earth, and people can like see that. That helps plants grow, and they need to eat plants, and it keeps them warm. So, well, the stars and the sky, the sun and the moon, they they were the roadmap forever. Yep. For traveling and stuff. And if you couldn't read them, you were lost. For sure. Thank you, Major Payne, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Reefer Madness, a classic film from 1936. I've always kind of wanted to watch it, but not bad enough to like, actually think about it and look it up and watch See, it. Yeah, I would assume that this was like a 1980s black exploitation film that was ripping on it's the concept. It's a something exploitation film. Oh, I mean, obviously. But I, I no. would have thought this was a comedy. Well, it's unintentionally funny. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, so. and uh, I forgot to say, when he said that the original racism was about jazz musicians, I thought it was, like, even earlier than that, like in, like, 1900, when, like, there were Mexicans coming Blacks up here Hispanics were, to work, yeah, and they yeah. would smoke marijuana, like they grew marijuana in Mexico, I guess. Yep, that's right. And that's where the word marijuana came from, because it's some kind Mexican of racist slang word. Or something, right? Which is probably why, like, cannabis is a better way to say it. I don't know. Correct. I thought it was like a... Cannabis is the scientific term yeah uh, but yes you're correct it was the darkies and the you know the he's the doing quote fingers but you can't see quote <laughs> fingers on the radio <laughs> thank you <laughs> for clarifying i didn't that. think about that either yeah. until money put it yeah it was yeah. totally racism that that pushed this forward and there was even a quote by a nixon advisor that i believe uh state representative jonah wheeler gave at a hearing recently here in new hampshire and he didn't cite the name of the advisor but it doesn't really matter in the 1970s they you know they went from marijuana prohibition to the full-on war on drugs and the this guy came out later and he admitted that the reason why they went on to do this war on drugs was to target blacks and hippies that they couldn't just go around and like randomly arrest black people or hippies who the administration did not like 
but they could use marijuana as the excuse to do it. So that is actually the reason stated by Nixon's own advisors. Like when these when these infor- when information from these advisor types and these politicians gets leaked out or comes out, it it tends to be pretty shocking. That brings us back around to what we've been talking about here tonight is the uh, the lockdown files have been released at least in the UK to apparently zero acclaim here in the United States because the only way I heard about this was I happened to see an image of some of the texts between some of the most damning texts between these politicians in the UK where they're talking about ginning up fear and releasing a new variant and you know these sorts of texts where somebody shared an image on Twitter and it just it was obviously shocking like is this real Right. And so, of course, I clicked on the because you never know, right? Like if it's just an image on Twitter, it could be completely doctored by somebody, and there, that that does happen quite a uh, bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I clicked on the comments to try to learn more because I knew I figured. Good on you. Most people would just click the share button. Yeah, I I, I knew like you know there's a good chance there's some number of comments, so I figured somebody had already I would have asked, but I figured somebody already asked. Hey, you know what's the story behind this? And they uh, they talked about it, and somebody ended up linking to the Telegraph, and the Telegraph has this. A huge report. I mean, we're talking about dozens of articles in the last several days coming out under what's called the lockdown files. And we'll share this with you over at social.freetalklive.com. It reveals the the manipulation, the dishonesty, which we all know is true about politicians. But a lot of people fell for these politicians' lies. They fell under the spell of the fear that they were purposely pushing, hiding good information, hiding positive news, releasing all the negative news, using that as an excuse, you know, ginning that up as an excuse to do more lockdowns, more controls. I mean, that's just a brief overview of what we've been looking at here. But also looking at this one guy is sort of the focus of it. His name is Matt Hancock. He was the health minister, sort of the equivalent, I think, of a Dr. Fauci, maybe. Over. That's what it sounds like based on yeah. everything he said. You know, he was working out deals with the vaccines and, you know, Speaking publicly. Yeah. And and it really goes to show about how this was all about him. The article we were just sharing in the last hour was how he wanted to be the lime you know, he wanted to be in the limelight. He wanted to be the face of the campaign. It can't be that other guy. Right. In he all caps. Literally was angry, would get furious if he thought anyone else was getting the credit for pimping the vaccines, etc. So they go on here. This is him talking to his advisors. Again, there's excerpts from the, these over 100,000 WhatsApp messages that were released, were leaked out. Early on in the pandemic, Hancock and his media advisor had discussed how taking credit for the vaccine would allow the public and media to forgive him for backing the lockdowns that removed their liberty. Hancock. No, the, the, the people who are upset about losing their liberty are not going to like you any better because you pimped vaccines. Hmm. Like the people who are upset about liberty are also not interested in your vaccine. Indeed. Uh, but nonetheless, they had this conversation. Hancock says to his assistant, front pages on vaccine are unreal. You're totally right. I must own this. I need to meet this scientist who is at the same Oxford college I was at. His advisor, Jamie Njoku Goodwin, says, yep, papers see it as the way out. They will forgive you for being in favor of lockdown if they think you're working night and day for a vaccine. This was the former health secretary's closest aide, Mr. Goodwin, said it was important that uh, Hancock be there to, quote-unquote, cut the ribbon. In early December, Mr. Hancock gave To get the credit. 
So stupid. Yeah. yeah. Hancock gave one of his most memorable interviews of the pandemic as he appeared to break down in tears of joy live on ITV's Good Morning Britain program. Wiping a tear from his eye, he told the program it had, quote, been such a tough year for so many people. And he was relieved that people could at least, quote, get on with their lives, unquote. But with the medical agencies, pharma companies, and ministers putting out announcements on vaccines without adding a quote from Mr. Hancock, he began to get frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel bad for the guy. I mean, in a sick kind of way. Right. The same thing happened, and then they give another excerpt of him getting mad at somebody else that the media linked but, but to. like you said earlier, it's like the stuff that's at stake makes it kind of not funny. Yeah. The same thing happened the next month when Hancock and his media aides suspected the MHRA, which is the UK's medicines regulator, so their equivalent of the FDA, had briefed a Sunday newspaper on the length of time it would take to approve vaccines without consulting the Department of Health. And uh, <laughs> he's given the, I'm skipping through a lot of the chat here as he's talking with Poole, who is, again, one of his advisors, and he links to the news coming from this other agency. And Hancock yells in all caps, I called for this two months ago. This is a Hancock triumph. And if it is true, we need to accelerate massively. So, again, talking about himself in the third person. That's so here. weird. Imagine <laughs> if, like, Ian, when he was, like, you know, when, when like CACR 32 went on the thing, uh, you know, in front of the house, he was like, this is a Freeman trial. Right. Why isn't the media interviewing me about CACR 32? I helped write the thing. <laughs> so it's just well, so they cringy. were interviewing you. No, about not really. It. And that's really? fine. I didn't yeah. care. I, I, I'm but, fine with being behind the scenes of important things. But yeah, that's, I, that's I like the, the idea of, of people envisioning us being like these, these puppeteers <laughs> hiding in the shadows with the with the state reps doing the bidding. The strategy of taking credit for the vaccine and therefore the impact on lockdown restrictions was eventually given its own slogan, Own the Exit. The phrase is repeated several times before Mr. between Hancock and his aides in the months that followed. On December 6th, after The Sun reported Hancock can't wait to scrap the tears system, he told his assistant, quote, We are going to own the exit. That is the strategic imperative. The following month, the pair discussed the strategy again. What the hell does it mean to own the exit? Meaning that he wants the credit for letting people out due to the vaccine. So he locked him down, but then he wanted to get redeemed by being the guy that was the focus of, oh, Hancock has allowed us to be free again. Well, that's essentially what his advisors were were saying the solution for this is. Hey, people are upset that you locked them down. But if you're also the reason that they get unlocked down, then they'll, they'll be happy. And that that shows such a fundamental. These people do not understand. Yeah, out of touch. Yeah, they do not understand the human spirit or human nature. People are stupid and people are short sighted. Yes, but they're not that dumb. They know that the same person who locks them down is the same person who who can set them free. It, they, they don't have to be told that. And they're they're not going to forgive you for setting them free. They're not going to forgive you for locking them down just because you set them free. Some besides, part of them is still going to remember. The ones who love to be locked down are the ones who are going to be so happy about the vaccine. How mm-hmm. do they not know that? I mean, they're obviously just really out of touch. If you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. The woman who is behind all of this, again, we've been just featuring a shred of some of these messages that have been coming out, giving you an idea of how self-absorbed these politicians are. I mean, this guy, this Hancock, he's not about helping you. 
He's not about actually helping people. He's about helping Hancock get publicity so he can have whatever stepping stone to whatever the, ne- the next thing is. So I don't know where he went. He's no longer the, the, the top health minister there. So he's probably doing something for a pharmaceutical company or something right now. Uh, but if you want to comment here, you're welcome to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. But the woman who revealed this, Isabel Oakshot, uh, she has a few things to say as well. She's publicly done this. She broke her agreement with this politician, uh, this non-disclosure agreement she had in order to reveal the truth. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian, Bonnie, and Aria here tonight as we are going through just a fraction of the what appears to be at least a couple dozen, maybe even more, articles digging through the lockdown files from the Telegraph, where they were leaked over 100,000 messages from politicians high level, including as high as the uh, health minister in the UK. And that's what this focuses on. His name was Matt Hancock. And I say was because he's no longer the health minister in the UK. And I didn't know why until five minutes ago, because we don't live in the UK. Did daddy get a promotion? No, Daddy got caught kissing some other woman in the office on CCTV oh. camera video. Idiots, man. Yeah. How, how do you not know there's a camera there probably being watched by some low-paid security guard <laughs> who is who is just like you are, anxious for his moment in the sun, and he will throw that crap on Twitter in a heartbeat yeah, if, and- it, if it climbs him up the social ladder. And now with the messages between this guy, this politician who's been shown to be more than happy to tell lies in order to justify lockdowns and fear mongering to frighten the the people of the UK into total compliance. That's what some of the messages reveal. But there's 100,000 messages here involving this guy and other politicians and other messages reveal the conversations he was having with his advisors when this news broke when the news was breaking that this man was cheating i presume on his wife uh but you know probably cheating here having a intimate embrace in his ministerial office with a woman named gina colen 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 d'angelo uh i'm i'm Curious why he would do this in the office. Obviously, because your wife isn't at the office. Obviously, yeah. that's reason number one. He's but, horny. Uh, I don't know. But like, not thinking. In obviously. that case, why do you have CCTV cameras in your office? It's government offices. Maybe it's just a thing, right? Like security cameras. I they, guess. Have, they have cameras. Uh, I don't know. It just, it just seems strange to me that that that's not it's far. So, it's probably so common in their lives. Because remember, London's got CCTV that's right. everywhere, right? Yeah. So. Like people have office cameras, they have security cameras. This is obviously a security camera. I can see one of the images of him embracing this woman. Is she pretty? Um, she's okay, but uh, but you know, dude, dude threw away all all the fame and fortune of being yeah. the the health secretary of the United Kingdom he's for cu- he's cupping her. You can't buttocks. see her. It's like the back well, of her head. Her but she's pretty hair. I oh. looked her up. Uh, all the- for a bitch who's okay. <laughs> yeah. And- Sad. I don't know. You got, you gotta understand. Ian thinks like. <laughs> he just thinks that most women are just okay. Well, I mean, that's well, yeah, most the definition women are not particularly of great. average, right? 
I don't know. There's lots of times where I'm like, she's pretty, and Ian's like, eh. I I, I was always under the impression that Ian based most of his off of the the weight, and I I don't. That sounded <laughs> yeah. so bad, but like heavier people are, are unattractive. Essentially, you find them unattractive. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. But also, yeah. you don't have to be, um, you know, thinner, and you can still be quite sure. ugly and thin. thin yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, but anyway, so that the, takes most of the people on this planet ugly to Ian. I mean, especially Americans. Hey, everybody's got their preferences. Okay, <laughs> hey, I'm the, so, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I like them crazy. All yeah. I was saying was like the back of that woman. She looked pretty. I would have probably thought that if she turned around, she'd be pretty. But she's I didn't see her right. face. She's not bad. I, she has I would nice put hair. Her, you know, I'd put her in the like, I don't know, seven. Would you throw category? away all the fame and fortune of being the new the United <laughs> Kingdom's health secretary? Mr. Vaccine. Mr. Vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Would you throw yeah. away being Mr. Vaccine to yeah. snog her? Obviously. Yes, yeah, snog. So that's a word I just learned. Apparently it means uh, like a passionate kiss and it's a British slang. It's a really gross word. Within, it is. I learned it from Harry Potter. It is hmm. such a gross word. 1 a.m. was when the pictures were published online of Matt Hancock and his aide, Gina Colangelo, in an intimate embrace in you his know, ministerial what's, office. What's really like weirder is like, I don't know. I can't imagine wanting to climb the ladder up to Hancock. You know what I mean? Like it's like when you mean I, as far as the girl? Yeah, she's kind of worse in this situation to me. Like, this is pretty common, though. I mean, it's not uncommon for uh, people to sleep their way to the top. Yeah, right? but I mean, like the top of like a movie producer is different. Than, well, like, she's Hancock. not going to be likely. Mr. She's not going to make it to princess or whatever, right? So she set her sights a little lower. I mean, this guy is still yeah, that's, a top. That's a weird. He's still a top politician. I mean, isn't that like the way politics works? So I mean, I, obviously, we have the the idea of that happening in movies, as you point out. But I think it's politics is also filled with absolutely, it. absolutely. Because they're the ones corporate where, America is too. Right? Yeah, actors they have the fame and the money they can offer you. But there's someone else on this planet who has money and fame they can offer and you power. Yeah, but if you're only yeah. a seven, you you have to deal with the politicians. Well, depends on how good you are at stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, just think about Monica Lewinsky. I mean, you gotta be kidding me, right? Yeah, yeah. she's pretty. She wasn't that great. She may have been prettier, you know, in the 90s or 80s or whatever. She was kind of chubby. Was she chubby when he was governor of Arkansas? Because that was when all this happened. No, he was president. Oh. Yeah, no, she did him under the desk, uh, supposedly. Bill, raise your standards, man. Well, I mean, doesn't Bill like like a chubby intern? Bill likes chubby. Yeah, apparently he does. I mean, Uh, good for him. Whatever floats your boat. What what year was it? That's uh, why the he late nineties. I don't remember which. That's year. why he was always my favorite president. I mean, all the evil stuff aside, right? He was the cool <laughs> president. So, just three minutes after the pictures were released, the health secretary and aides began, began a frantic scramble to save his political career. In the forty-one hours that followed, Mr. Hancock tried to desperately find exceptions to the rules to justify his behavior. His hold on, hold on. The rules being the COVID rules? No, the rules of like, you know, uh, he broke whatever political rules. You She's can't your secretary. Have sex with your you probably should have. subordinates or whatever. His WhatsApp messages reveal the... Just for- be like, dude, I promised her a promotion. <laughs> the forever changing statements he planned to give to the public from claims that no rules were broken to apologizing for breaking the guidance to eventually... Tendering his resignation. So now we know why this guy is no longer in the top health role in the UK. And you said this went up at, these pictures were published at 1 a.m. I got to tell you, man, it sounds like the security guard. 
Mm. Or, or, or whatever. Or maybe pe- the girl who wanted. Maybe she. Maybe just, she set him up. Yeah, she did. Maybe not set him up just to like get him, but because like she would get fame from it. That's such a small amount of fame. I can't even imagine like kissing a politician for I that. was the person who he had an affair with. Monica Lewinsky did it. That's true. You, made a whole that uh, is career true. out of it. And she. All she had to do was write one book, right? And then sell it. And she's probably set for life. Hmm. <laughs> oh, God. So I'm skipping some of this stuff here. It kind of goes through the, the history of um, how he ended up again, shifting from one excuse to the next excuse to finally eventually re- resigning. It I mean, says that's here, not even that surprising to me, right? You get busted doing something something wrong, and your first thought is 50,000 different excuses about why it was okay and which one will people believe. Well, rather than actually owning what you did right. and apologizing, that's what somebody who's a slime bag politician would do. When he decided to resign, he turned to his mentor, a man named George Osborne, for help with his statement and was warned by Osborne that he should probably remove his declaration of love for Miss Cola D'Angelo what? and Lord. add an apology to his family. Oh, to man. his resignation <laughs> statement. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did we read that part out loud yet? The Declaration of uh, no, Love? No, I don't know if we have a copy of I his hope statement. there is a copy of his statement. Be- okay. This guy's wanna... so out of touch. It's like, yeah, he can't see. Like He had to get advised of that. And I'm always wondering, why do these politicians <laughs> need advisors? Like, they don't have their own opinions. This is why. They don't realize, like, oh, I should apologize to my family? Huh. Well, they, maybe it's because they're psychopaths and, yeah, they, uh, have and they need to have someone who's maybe, you know, more in touch with people, How people feel tell and, them what yeah. to do. I just want to back up because I want to make sure everyone out there listening and watching understood this. This guy decided he had to resign. So he wrote a resignation speech or letter or whatever. And After in, trying to justify it. Yes. And in this letter, he declares his love for this woman that he's cheating on his wife with. And I bet she doesn't love him. And not his the wife, mid- the midwife. Oh, or, certainly sorry. not. The and mistress. Mistress is a midwife. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. And his mentor says, hey, you you don't need to use this opportunity to declare your love <laughs> for your mistress. Might be a bad look. Yeah. You need to apologize to your family instead. What was his response to that? Does I, it show? I don't. I, they're not it showing that It would be funny if he was one. just like... Why? What what do you mean? (laughs) Bollocks, you're right. (laughs) The lockdown files reveal that Mr. Hancock had wanted to focus the public's attention on whether there were any rules broken when he appointed Mrs. Cola D'Angelo as a paid advisor, rather than whether their embrace... yeah. Hold on. Rather than whether their embrace had broken the law or the rules about social distancing. <laughs> so remember, this was happening at the same time as COVID when this guy's telling everyone to wear masks and everybody to lock down and don't leave your houses. And she, and he's heating things up in the office with his you know secretary. Well, you can't snog her through a mask. <laughs> right. Well, some people tried that crap. It's so weird. Yeah, There's actually video. I'm of sure the politicians were making fun of people for that. Too, the city like of us. New York got really crazy with some of their recommendations. He believed uh, his team believed the trickiest issue was the fact that he had been having an affair while his government had banned people from hugging their own grandchildren. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. that's definitely a problem. <laughs> Tricky issue. Tricky. But mm-hmm. the bigger problem is that he's having an affair and not whether or not any rules. People don't care about whether or not any rules were broken when you're talking about banging your secretary in the office while you're working late one night. 
It, You're a paid secretary. It just makes me assume like he, him and his wife are not married for love. Like he isn't like in love with his wife, and she's Could probably be. not in love with him. So it's not even occurring to him to think like mm. like oh people might see that as weird. I don't know. May, maybe not now, but I I think even Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton loved each other at one point, and then politics and you know just human mm. nature got in the way of that. And now now they're ma- married out of convenience. Well, stuff. I suspect that's sort of the same with these guy, this guy and his wife. Who knows? They are both lawyers. They're so, so weird. I, I just don't believe anything about them. Like I watched this old interview clip from it was like 60 minutes or whatever interviewing hillary and bill after the monica Lewinsky thing and she was like you know saying and this is kind of famous she's like i'm not just a little quiet uh woman stand sticking behind my man i uh you know like it's a you know we we moved past it together something like that and then like these light this light fixture fell right behind them almost took them out we were so close and um she she goes Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Oh, yeah. And all I could think was, like, that was staged. Like, yeah, it's a strange thing to say. She doesn't seem like a religious person. She do, they right? don't seem like real people. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. That I don't I believe I have to anything. watch that clip. The only clip I remember of her is, you know, when she ran for president, I was like, oh, she's such a great feminist. And through my mind, all I could hear was her saying about Monica Lewinsky, oh, well, it's amazing what you'll find if you drag a $100 bill through a trailer park. Oh, crap. I never saw that. Yeah, that that's the Hillary Clinton quote that sticks out in my mind. So this story goes on, and it's just, I, mean, I think we've given you enough of a taste of the, again, the sort of fame-greedy, manipulative things that this person, this one guy, Matt Hancock, was dealing with. But you can still see his conversations with other people who are obviously in on it with him and are completely dishonest as well, recommending how to be more dishonest, how to manipulate public opinion, how to get people to be more afraid of COVID and so on. And how to get away with it. Yes, but in this case, they didn't get away with it. They've been revealed thanks to Isabel Oakshot. This is the woman who is a journalist who is writing the book for Hancock. So again, Not anymore, she's not. No, she's not. I <laughs> she's writing his, the book on Hancock. I suspect his book isn't going to be released at this point, but uh, she was assisting him with writing a book. He gave her his database of WhatsApp messages and just said, oh, here's some information, and uh, gave it over to her without like even thinking for a moment that there might be anything incriminating, or, or if he did think there was something incriminating, trusting this person to keep it safe because yeah, he's paying her. Yeah, I threw some money her. at her, yeah. Right. He probably had something in there about any incriminating information being confidential, that like she yeah, couldn't sure. turn it over to the police or something. I mean, oh. He's probably going to sue her, right? I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe so, but she's willing to accept that. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> he, kudos to this lady. She's got nothing. I, I suspect she has nothing that he can really take from her. I and, don't know. I mean, she may be a successful journalist. I'm, I'm not sure who she is. But well, maybe she'll get like you know, like a crowdfunding for if she gets sued definitely. By him. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, so I don't see how she could possibly win the suit. Yeah, I know, because, I, I mean, mean, she broke her contract. Well, I'm assuming there was an jury? NDA. Can it go to a jury? Yeah, it, it did go... say there was an NDA. But if it can go to a jury, then maybe they can just throw it out. If they have that in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so, well, it is a Western court system, so there's a good good chance. Of it. But even if they do, I mean, they pack the courts with losers, and then yeah. the losers do whatever the government says. Here's her piece uh, from the 4th of this month where it's titled, Was I Right to Leak Matt Hancock's WhatsApp Messages? Here's What You Told Me. Uh, I imagine everyone said yes. Well, with the exception of Hancock, probably, yeah. I think it's a Uh, little tricky. It's like I don't believe in like uh, breaking contracts and stuff, and I also don't believe in the public interest 
but I'm glad she did it. You know, I'm torn. Uh, if if I was a part of a religion that did confessionals, I'm a Satanist and we don't do confessionals. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to talk to me about your problems, that's one thing, but don't confess your sins to me or whatever. Yeah. But if I was a priest and I had someone, you know, come and confess to me how they were co- regularly touching their, their daughter each mm-hmm. night or something, it, it would be a violation of my, my faith to report that to the police or, you know, theoretically report that to someone who could do something about it. Mm-hmm. But it, I would feel like it was justified. Like at a certain point, these non-disclosure agreements or this confidentiality, it has to be broken or you're an accomplice or you're just as guilty, just as evil as they are. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. The other thing is he's a politician, so it's not that tricky. Like, you can lie to politicians and it's moral. I think in this case, she would not have been immoral or evil to keep this stuff silent. So I don't think it would have been bad for her if she had not released it or you know, immoral to not release it. But I'm... Yeah, I don't think it was immoral uh, in this case. I mean, the... No, it was moral to right. release it. Yeah, I agree. The risk to her, of course, is any kind of reputational risk of, oh, well, you can't contract with this lady she might just you know violate her contract and obviously well, yeah, she if was, you're banging the secretary and manipulating yeah. the western society right so she's probably not going to get any book deals from politicians from here out but there may also be a lot of people that see this woman raising her profile in a really positive manner and they are more, now willing to hire her whereas she previously wouldn't have been you know gotten a, a new job or whatever so i think that the uh the check mark in the honesty column is worth way more than the you know whatever negative check mark she would be getting or minus sign for a breaking in a, a non disclosure agreement in this case and and also think about with uh, you know the AI thing we discussed over the summertime where uh, Bl- the Blake Lemoyne the in, the ethicist from Google yeah. broke his non disclosure agreement to reveal the AI technology that they had behind the scenes and he lost his job over that but a lot of people I'm sure really appreciated that thing. Well, if this lady's looking for work, as I understand it, James O'Keefe is starting a foundation that's going to compete with uh, Project Project Veritas. Veritas. And this is right up their sort of alley. Great point. Yeah, she could totally work for them. Yeah, Yeah. if you find someone doing something evil, let us know. WikiLeaks did the same sort of thing. She's decent looking. They can make her an undercover, uh, you know, one of their people that traps people. So she says, was it right to reveal the truth about the way we were governed during the pandemic? Or should I have sat on the WhatsApps messages I received from Matt Hancock because I owed him a duty of confidentiality? Is it my job as a journalist to keep politicians secrets and protect their reputations? And that's the other thing. I didn't know she's a journalist until now. I just thought of her as a book writer, which isn't really like journalism to me. But it's different if you're like a journalist and your job is to like it should be to get the truth out to people to report things like that. Or is it my job to uncover what they'd prefer to hide if it's in the public interest? She says, I know what I think, but since the former health secretary accused me of quote unquote massive betrayal for handling or rather handing more than 100,000 messages to the Telegraph, I have faced a barrage of hostile questions about journalistic ethics. However, the astonishing number of letters and emails I have also received from ordinary people Thanking the Telegraph for publishing the lockdown files is the only answer I need. Here's a tiny selection of the reaction to our investigation. Dear Isabel, my son committed suicide after lockdown as he missed school and gained a lot of weight. Hmm. He died in December of 2021 and was an indirect victim of lockdowns. This no, government he is was criminal. a direct victim. Right. Sure. This government is criminal. Good on you. Keep going. Another letter. 
As the daughter of an ex-home care resident who suffered immeasurably from Hancock's lockdown policies, I really can't thank you enough, but I also offer thanks on behalf of thousands of care home residents and their families who equally suffered, including members of my own pressure group, Unlock Care Homes. Sounds like nursing homes in um, England. Right, where you couldn't visit your loved ones during this and so your grandma or your mom or dad or whatever ends up dying during this situation. Or at least like declining really bad to where like it's not even the person you knew anymore. Yeah. Because when they can't get the social interaction like they just start going crazy. Absolutely. It's absolutely and well it's sad. Uh, Obviously uh, let's see here. Obviously you've never heard of confidentiality. I guess this is another letter so another or text message or email or something. So not everybody was happy. Uh, In the long term said another. That one was from Hancock. This will prove the politicians have no hiding place from their incompetence and power-mad behavior. Thank you again. Another one. Should they have a hiding place? I'm, I, obviously, this person doesn't think they should. Yeah. But, I mean, just a question for the listeners. Should politicians have a hiding place? No, I would be of the mind that no. Let's let all their text messages out. Yeah, yeah state secrets. Be... I don't believe in state secrets. That's a good point. A, an ordinary person should be allowed to have secrets. But if you want to enter the public eye and you become an elected politician... Everyone's forced to pay your yeah. salary. No it, secrets like for you. The people that Joa, from Breaking the Flaw on YouTube and Odyssey, he goes into courtrooms and, um, you know, the state house and stuff and asks people for their first and last name, you know, government workers, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, they I don't have it. to give that to you. Yeah, we saw that happen today. But they yeah, do have to, today. don't they? they? And they do. They, do. they absolutely yeah. do. But when they ask him the same question, he worth noting, to. he does not have to. He says, I don't answer questions. Uh, yes, it was great. We can talk <laughs> maybe straight. later about what happened today in, uh, in court in Concord. But uh, a few more yeah, excerpts. Yeah, that was today. I had to work. I, I want to hear about it. A few more excerpts here from uh, some, again, contacts she received after revealing the truth about these politicians in the UK. Another said, it's time we got to the bottom of the incompetence that left children in homeschooling after schools closed. Well, that was actually a perk. Uh, the most deprived ch- children paid a heavy price and it can never be allowed to happen again. Another said, I'll never forgive them for what they did to my six-year-old son who, after months of being isolated from his friends, told me he, quote, couldn't feel anything anymore. Oh, that's really sad. Imagine a child saying that and how absolutely awful I mean, that is. Maybe, but it was probably just the kid being melodramatic, too. I mean, honestly. But also, like, it's also, like, partially the parents' fault, like, for keeping him locked down. Keeping him yeah. away from his friends and stuff. But then again, in England, it's probably really hard to have any friends that would let you let your kids hang out. If it's in the pub, so another critical comment. If it's in the public interest, in quotes, to leak Hancock's messages, why drip feed the revelations? Well, the reason. She did it. The she, Telegraph is doing yeah, that. Yeah, the Telegraph's doing that. Uh, but the reason for that is because you, you can't publish a hundred stories all at once. Number one, not everyone's going to be able to go through them all in any decent amount of time. And number two, it takes time to go through a hundred thousand messages and write about those things. Uh, it would be one thing to just really reveal the database, and I don't know whether that has been done or not. Uh, but it's a whole. I other would thing imagine to- so. I'm, I'm just guessing. There's no uh, other way for her to prove its authenticity without releasing the database. Well, I mean, you could. A lot of times things go straight to the, the media and then they quote, of, quote unquote verify the authenticity. So okay. you go through them. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for instance, when Snowden 
uh, and his revelations came out in 2013, we didn't get the hard data from whatever it was he gave to the, right. the newspapers. We gave, WikiLeaks does the same thing yeah. where they first, they they make sure They'll there's actually no sensitive information yeah. that's going to cause anyone to actually be harmed, which is good. Uh, quote, my father died alone of congestive heart failure, unable to be visited by anyone despite neither he nor they testing positive for COVID. Hmm. A man with family and friends numbering in the dozens had just 12 people at his funeral. Another said, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. At the start of the pandemic, I saw my grandchildren through a kitchen window, seeing their tears and not being able to hug me. That memory will last with me a long time. Oh no, they were able to hug you. Just no one had the courage to go against yeah. the almighty word of the government. Dear Isabel, as an NHS doctor, that's the National Health Service, the government doctor system over there, I would just like to add my support to you in publishing the Hancock messages, which are so overwhelmingly in the public interest. Another said, I know I'm not alone in my particular department in being opposed to lockdowns, and a lot of the policy decisions were taken around COVID, and those are just the ones who have been brave enough to say so. I imagine there's a strong constituency of doctors, nurses, and other professionals in health that feel the same in the NHS. Over and above this, as a product of a working-class family, I'm devastated about the effect this will have on the social mobility through education and achievement. These are the only ways to move up in society, and we've deprived a whole generation of this opportunity, which is a travesty. Keep doing what you're doing. Best wishes. And uh, you can share your thoughts with us. Hour number three is on the way. Coming up, Bitcoin vending machine takedown. Multiple arrests happening. We'll tell you about it coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. And you can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have for you. I have put up, by the way, on our social media platform. It is a Mastodon system. You can go to social.freetalklive.com. And I recommend that Bonnie does this as well because she's been on Twitter, but then Twitter kicked her off almost a week ago now at this point. And uh, I would like to invite you to get back on, get active again uh, on. If the it works, I mean, Mastodon. I had I had a Mastodon client called Amarok on mm-hmm. my phone, and it just wasn't working. It was like that's why I deleted it because it was just like every time I clicked on it, it would turn on and then just turn off. Well, that is one of the bad parts about open source is sometimes you get some buggy uh, software. But one of the good parts is anyone can develop for open source platforms, and so there's multiple options. So if one I like thing Tusky. doesn't work. Yeah, if one thing doesn't work, it's that what one I wasn't use. on iPhone at least oh, when I right. looked because uh, that's the one Ian had, so that's what I was going to get. But it wasn't there. But maybe it's there now. I don't know. Uh, as I understand it, Mastodon released an, uh, released an official client for for Apple phones or whatever. So wow. I've not obviously haven't tried it, but uh, but it it is supposedly a thing. And so, but the nice thing is, there's unofficial clients. There's clients yep. written by fans. There's clients written by people that just love the the platform, and they wanted to do it their own way, roll their own uh, app, basically. And so, if you don't like app A or app B is buggy, then try app C, D, or E, and you know, see what see what you like. There's different ways to do this stuff, which is really cool. And our server is a free speech server, a legitimately free speech server. No, I don't. Th- I don't think spam's okay. I, I'm not going to welcome. Well, spam. I, okay, 
Yeah, I, I don't know that I would yeah. consider that speech. That's been the only stuff that uh, that we've really rejected. Besides the snitch because accounts, the thing is, too. I don't like that either. I don't think it's anti-free speech because it's like they'd be allowed to like put one advertisement for their whatever they're spamming you about, right? But then if they're like putting it over and over again, just unnecessary. For ordinary uh, people who are trying to find a place to actually speak their minds freely, this is, yeah. this is this is a free speech place. I want to see Ed in Europe, the real Casey Rollins, and who's the other one? There's another one who's always getting reported. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Guy number three, you know who you are. I want to see the three of you have a competition. By the end of March, I want to see which one of you can get reported. And don't, don't go out there harassing people and bullying mm-hmm. people. You know, just continue doing what you're doing. But more of it. I want to see how many reports the three of you can get. And the winner, I will retweet one of your tweets. All right. Very good. So there's no reward, but I still want to see it happen. Retweet one of the Retooting. Yeah. Yes. That's what I meant. I will retweet one of your tweets. Go to social.freetalklive.com. If you want to check out these lockdown files, I did link to, that's what we've been covering. If you're just tuning in, this is what we covered in the first two hours. Uh, the 100,000 plus text messages that have been revealed between high-level politicians in the UK revealing the truth about the scum scummery uh, going on behind the scenes and the fear-mongering and the dishonesty. Uh, that is all there for you to dig through and find the gems and the ugliness. Uh, it is a crazy situation, and please check those out. Go to social.freetalklive.com, and if you're not yet following the Free Talk Live account, just follow at FTL. As we go to your phone calls, Jamie is in Alabama. Jamie, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Bunny, and Aria. Hey, y'all. Uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about the, uh, little bit about the drag queen thing. The drag queen thing? Yeah, but we always, you and uh, Bonnie was talking about the other night. Okay. Uh, what uh, oh, what about it? the Tennessee uh, outlawing drag shows, basically. Oh, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what's up with, why do they have to outlaw it? Because people are uh, sensitive losers who think that their children are under attack if they're around drag queens. It's a conservative oh, wow. uh, sort of a, a moment in conservatism <laughs> right now, where they're you know they found some new thing that they can go after rather for the than, children. Rather than supposedly making government smaller, which is what they want you to believe that they're all about, they want to create a new prohibition, uh, which is to prohibit people from having a uh, cabaret license or something the word cabaret was involved and uh, so if you're performing any kind of uh, cross-dressing you can't allow children in basically under the new tennessee rules or you could be arrested is my understanding of recollection of the proposal well i can understand but you don't don't want to let kids see it but why would you understand uh, that oh well that's what adults wants to see it yeah well what if i want to bring my kid Oh Lord! Can I bring a, Can I bring my uh, kid to an under uh, to a uh, R-rated movie with sex and violence in it? Uh, no, because you might uh, screw your kid's mind up. Oh, okay. So then you uh, so you're on board with prohibiting people from you know making decisions for what to do with their kids as far as well, yeah. Do you think the government should make it illegal, oh. Jamie? Yeah. Okay, I'm a little stumped. Okay, should it be illegal, even if you think it's bad for me to take my kid to an R-rated movie, should it be illegal? Mm, no. 
Okay, good. All right, so that, that's fine. You can. You are certainly free to have your opinion about people bringing their kids to R-rated movies, but you're not willing to put them in jails for it or the punish them for it. The only thing that kind of sucks so is like fine. we're getting we're getting pushed into the corner of having to to defend bringing your kid to R-rated movies when the reality is, if somebody wants to create a drag show for kids with kids in mind, it can be done. Like it's lots of people think drag is inherently sexual, and that's just silly. It's like the ones oh. that have been sexual in front of kids that's i i find weird i find it weird that people want to take their parents their parents want to take their kids to like actually sexual ones and the drag mm-hmm. queens probably find it weird too you know like they're kind of being like uh anyways it, it doesn't really matter but the thing is drag shows can be made with kids in mind and sometimes they get protested and it's like did you even go watch it? Did you go see? No, they and didn't. They're, they're wearing like gowns and reading books, or or I'm just sure being the conservatives silly. are worried they're going to turn gay if they go and watch a drag show. <laughs> yeah, they they are. I've seen that stuff, and I didn't turn gay. All right. Well, there you go, Jamie. Thanks for the call tonight. I I appreciate but I am it. Huh? Well, but still, what's that? Bisexual, but still. Okay, whatever floats your boat. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, no, Uh, don't give them any more ideas. They're going to be like, see, turned her bisexual. uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. One of the details, Ari, I don't know if you heard about this Tennessee story last week. I didn't, but I'm really curious about it because, like, are they defining what clothing is suitable for women and what clothing is suitable for men? Because it seems like they would have to do that. No, what they're saying is it has to be prurient. Yeah, yeah. They said that if somebody is like cross-dressing, quote unquote, and it's prurient, which I had to Google, it means like sexual. sexual like the common person would find it sexual. But the thing is, the cops are just going to be like, "Yep, get on down from the stage. You're going to jail." But yep. there's nothing not- prurient necessarily about drag shows. That's the problem. We think that, but the conservatives tend to believe that any drag show is yeah, prurient. So- that's because they don't know what they're talking about. That's right. It, yeah, but if some conservative Tennessean cop goes to break up a drag show because children are there, they're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, this wasn't really, se- nothing sexual was happening. They're just going to be like, yep, get it. Get no, they're going to make the arrests and then they're going to tell, and then somebody's going to say, look, I'm not, dr- you can't even see my uh, junk or my uh, my boobs or whatever. I'm not dressed sexually. This is a, I'm wearing women's clothing. This isn't sexual. And the cop's going to say, tell it to the judge. <laughs> yep. Sadly. And the thing is, like, I had to Google word prurient. So the the cop, cops in Alabama or Tennessee probably <laughs> have to, too. Right. And, you know, we know that some people believe that nudity is sex is sexual. And I don't believe that. We don't believe that. But some people do believe that. That's why things like women being topless at the beach is prohibited in so many places because people literally believe that it's sexual for that to be the case, even though there's nothing related to sex going on. I argued with someone once. I, I tried explaining to them that humans sexualized nudity like like Pavlov's dog, right? Where every time Pavlov would feed his dog, he would first ring a bell. Right. And this trained the dog so that every time he heard the bell, he would begin salivating like, all right, it's dinner time. And humans did the exact same thing with nudity and sex, where the only time you ever see someone naked is it's when before. you're about to have yeah. sex. And That's this triggers your dopamine releases. And mm-hmm. in that way, sex becomes inextricably linked to nudity. Great yeah, point. Yeah, like there are definitely cultures where like being nude is more acceptable, like Germany my German friend used to laugh at me because I would just like naturally like look away. Like I'd continue talking to her, but like look away when she'd change. She'd be like, oh, are you afraid because my boobs are out? 
Yeah, all we have to do is <laughs> ring the bell and not eat every once in a while, and we can break that association very, very easily mm-hmm. where we can see someone's naked body and not have it be sexual. Which is why I think the protests that have been done on occasion are very valuable to allow people to see somebody, at the very least topless, yeah. uh, a woman topless in public. Most people don't want to be fully nude in public simply because, you know, as you pointed out, Bonnie, there is a bit of puritanism here in the sort of the history of the United States. It's not to say that you're a prude if you look away from your topless friend. It's just that we have been raised in what is essentially a prudish society. So we have these habits that have been developed through the idea, uh, whether it was intended or not, to you know sort of promote prudism. This was always a weird position for me on the topless episodes of She Talk Live in particular. Not mm-hmm. so much the topless Tuesday episodes, but the topless She Talk Live because... To me, nudity isn't sexual, right? I've spent too much of my life intentionally breaking that association because I recognized at some point that, you know, we were trained to associate nudity with sex and we could break that association. But anyway, so here I here I would sit with like Nikki and Angie and they yeah. were both topless and like just for the sake of curiosity, I got to look at their boobs. What are, you, you what, are bo- what are your boobs <laughs> like, right? But when I'm doing so... I'm not doing it in a sexual way. Yep. But because of that, the, it creates this weird dynamic where we all want to look at each other's rack, but none of us want to get caught looking at each other's rack, <laughs> even though none of us think it's a sexual thing. We're all yeah. conspicuously weird. avoiding doing it <laughs> because we don't want the other ones to think we're doing it for a weird reason. That's so funny. And it was... It was very entertaining, and it, it was a fun dynamic, and, you know, it obviously, it all worked out because we kept doing it for mm-hmm. a long period of time, and it, it was a lot of, well, I don't know, a long period of time. We did a couple a of weeks. episodes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, for various reasons, we stopped doing it. But yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it was so just far. weird, right? Once, it's, once you got, you know, you got it out of your system. Yeah. Right? I mean, we made the point that we were trying to make, which was did. that we could do Topless Wednesday, and... We could do a show. Because it's been Topless Tuesday for the listeners uh, right. with like the guys for a long time. Right. And then Aria started doing it too. And why not have women do it too? Yeah, it, yeah. it, it needs to be normalized uh, to some extent because the Puritanism in this society is a problem. Uh, it is That's what leads to this drag show fear-mongering going on out there. The idea that a, you know, a, a man putting on women's clothing is going to turn somebody gay, is going to make children... Uh, gay or or somehow like, sexual deviance. Violence like, against women and um, you know, rape and stuff are highest in the countries where people like you know, uh, you know, make it like absolutely ta- taboo to dress. You know, well, you got a burqa on or something like that. that or, right? But even in like South America, it's like they're really conservative too, and mm-hmm. it's like they have high rates of like just murdering women and stuff. That's always the strangest, and I've got to make that video at some point. Where that, that's the strangest aspect of what Christians and conservatives talk about, right? They want to raise their family to have these strong Christian values and be a good, upstanding Christian boy. But mm-hmm. then they see one drag show and it just... It's all done. Yeah. Like, how, <laughs> how impotent is your religion and how weak is your God if all it takes is Bob throwing on a dress and a wig to turn your kid gay? Like, yeah. Bob... Bob wearing a wig. I just say Bob because it's a generic male name that comes to mind. Poor Bob. Yeah. Okay, Tim. <laughs> How weak is your God that Tim in a wig is more powerful and influences has more influence mm-hmm. on your kid 
because Tim has seen your kid once and he wore a wig and he wore a dress. And that one experience had more of an impact on your child than 13 years of being raised as a Christian. How bad of a parent are you? Maybe the kid was just gay. Well, that's certainly, certainly what most gay people say is that they were born gay and and that they can't, uh, you, you know, it's not necessarily a learned behavior. I don't know if that applies to 100% of people, but I think it's certainly what most most say. Uh, but, I think there's a mixture of nature and nurture in like every yeah. trait in people. Yeah, that could be. Uh, so these parents that are, you know, going insane and apparently some non-parents as well. Bonnie, you had a story that we apparently started a little while back about this teacher in Nashua, New Hampshire, who's, yeah. he's got uh, stirred up some controversy. He's a younger guy, apparently. Uh, was it an elementary school It's an teacher? elementary school in uh, Concord. Yeah, and, and people this, are upset because this one guy, is... apparently, has a kid at the school. And he's upset because this teacher is wearing women's clothing to school. Not some kind of sexy clothing, but... Women's professional clothing. But like, see, that's sort of the issue. What is women's clothing? There's a the certain thing I'm cut looking to it, that's right? crazy is like, honestly, this looks like something that would be totally normal for a man to wear in Asia. Here, I kind of pulled it up for you, uh, Arya. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to get at. In a lot of cultures, I mean, prior to... There's nothing like... I wouldn't see can that you describe and what you're seeing? immediately think woman's clothing, uh, honestly. They, it looks like something my grandmother would wear to church. <laughs> like uh, he's it's conservative. They're they're it's pink. It's very conservative. Yeah. But uh, it's just a ordinary button up blouse, long sleeve, and a pair of baggy pink pants. And the thing about it is, like that's the opposite of sexualizing yourself in front of children. Yeah, no like completely covered yeah. up. It's like there's a shirt and then also like a sweater vest over it. It looks yeah. like, or maybe that's just a button up. I don't know. There's nothing sexual about it, no. certainly. And, and those shoes are definitely clothing. like male looking to me. And I would like to know what someone looking at that, look, when they see that and they go, oh, those are women's clothes by what criteria are they making that assessment? Obviously. That's exhibit A. That's what this right. man brought to people to try or to the school board to try to get this man fired. Yeah. Apparently this Literally, guy. Literally they wrote exhibit A over this picture. <laughs> apparently this guy who's complaining about this teacher Got stared down or something by the teacher. He said at he one felt point. threatened by the teacher, the one that wears quote unquote girly clothes, yeah. um, and that made him feel unsafe. And then somebody dug around and found his social media where he's doing a little bit more risque things. Clearly, or this isn't at the elementary school. It's when he graduated from uh, like teachers' college or whatever, and he's like, "But this is a, but this it's is silly. normal." Right? What's he's going on? Talk- what are you seeing? He's it- on- it's a guy in his graduation outfit with his little graduation robe on. It's red. Uh, I guess that's normal for the school he went to. And he's sitting on a statue of what I'm assuming appears to be a panther. And it's uh, pre- presumably he went to college there and the college is the panthers and their colors are red. And he's just sitting on it. It's he's sitting so in a, bestiality. It's clear bestiality. Well, he's sitting in what I could only <laughs> describe as a gay way. That, that, that's ah. the thing I wanted to say, but I, I was just like, I don't know if that's going to make sense to people, but it's not necessarily sexual. It's it, not it sexual, but yeah, it's, it's a gay way. He of does sitting. appear to be caressing this Panther while Caress- straddling it. Well, I, mean, I have a picture a of Nikki riding yeah. a, 
a stupid frog at Rogers Campground where we were playing mini golf. Is there Ooh. one with him in makeup? Wasn't there a third? Uh, the other one is clearly something? in like a backyard. Like it, it's not letting me pull it up. But none of this is sexual, and none no. of this is grounds for firing this person. <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean. This is what they did in the 19th century. Have you ever seen the the rules that teachers had to adhere to in order to be teachers in these small communities no. of like 10 to 12 families? They couldn't be seen with a man after 6 p.m. They had to be perpetually wow. single. They couldn't they couldn't even show their ankles and stuff like that. It was a mm-hmm. long list in a lot of these Puritan communities mm-hmm. that if you wanted to be a teacher, these are all the things you had to do and all the rules you had to abide. Mm-hmm. Do they really want to impose those same standards this on people today? Might. Because that's what it sounds like. Well, I mean, that's what a conservative would want, right? Conservatives want to go back to the past. They want to conserve the old ways, conserve the old system. What else do we need to know but about But they're tweeting story? about it. But they're tweeting about the old Look, if you want to go back to the old ways, fine. Get rid of your phone and mm. start chiseling this mm. into a freaking blackboard. And what's crazy is yeah. like you can go older and find like Babylon. Like what if I want to go back to the old days? Maybe I want to go to Babylon. And what, where men wore dresses. Where men wore dresses and everyone mm. did gay stuff and everybody did whatever they wanted. Yeah, weren't there uh, gay things going on in Greece or something too? Oh yeah, Greece was super gay. Yeah. So was Rome. Yeah. So what else, Bonnie? Was there more? You said we needed to finish that story. So basically this teacher from uh, Concord Elementary School called Kristen McAuliffe got placed on leave after a parent... That's the school's name, not the teacher. Michael Guillermo. Whatever. I don't even care. That's the complaining party, right? Yes. Okay. Complained about the feminine clothing he sometimes saw Allard wearing when parents picked their children up from school. And he believes that Allard was, quote, trying to provoke him in early February by staring at him and crossing <laughs> his arms. Quote, my concern is that he's engaging in gender confusion and gender dysphoria. I have- okay. I, I like how he's painting his Karenism as some sort of concern for this teacher. Well, I'm I'm just worried that he suffers from gender no, identity disorder. No, I think disorder. what he's trying to say is he's using the word gender dysphoria incorrectly. I think he's trying to say like he is engaging in causing kids to have gender confusion okay. and he gender dysphoria. He didn't come right out and say that, but that's the implication. What, what else would engaging in it mean? Because right, why would you care if, if your son's teacher is cross-dressing Wearing women's professional clothing uh, to school, which you know barely even co- <laughs> barely even qualifies as cross dressing, but if, if that's what's going on, <laughs> it doesn't affect your kid at all unless you believe, which seems to be the common conservative belief now, that anyone else who's dressing outside of social norms will poison your child into becoming a cross-dresser and or gay. gay person or some sort of sexual deviant. When, of course, the reality is sexual deviancy, deviancy comes from repression. Typically, most people who are the most deviant are the ones who are the ones that were restricted and repressed by their religions and their families. So this dad is more likely to drive his mm. kid to being gay or being, you know, deviant. I'm not sorry. I'm not saying gay right. deviants, but to being deviant from the norm in any kind of way, more so than one out of 10 teachers, you know, at this kid's school. I think and- you're right, because if, if this teacher could inspire even one of his students to explore their, their gender identity, to me, that's only a good thing. And if you as the parent are like, no, no son of mine is going to wear a dress, <laughs> yeah, then, you're a, then you're a monster, dude. You should never have been allowed to have kids. Well, the thing is, people think that they own their kids. They, they don't think that their kids are like... 
They don't think they have volition or their own agency, basically. So a quote from the Guillermo guy, the complaining party, the parent, he says, I stepped back on my right foot. I looked at my camera and Allard was recording me the whole time. And I said, give me a big smile, baby girl. Boom. I snapped his picture. I turned around and walked away. The next morning, I went there with a very large bodyguard because I didn't know what I was going to be walking into. <laughs> like Pussy. this teacher is going to snap on this guy and attack him? And then Allard filed a stalking temporary order of protection against the guy. Amazing. We're going to continue here. If there's more to share, we can get into it. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. It's open phones every single night. You can join us online anytime you want. And uh, you can do that over at freetalklive.com. we got time for you coming up. The number is 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to join the show here, the number is 603-283-6160. You can talk about drag shows or whatever is on your mind. Uh, here tonight, it's Ian. And Bonnie. And Aria. I want to say I thank like it's you. it's hard for, to say, for them to hear what I'm saying when I say and and then Bonnie. It's like the D mixes up the B and you can't hear them saying Bonnie. Try I'm Bonnie. I'm Bonnie. Okay, yeah, that's better. Uh, Justin O'Donnell, thank you for being a supporter of Free Talk Live's AMPS program. Also, great liberty activist here in New Hampshire. Took, I don't know, hundreds of photographs this weekend at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. He's also a silver supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So thank you, Justin, for getting behind what we do here on Free Talk Live for little as five bucks a month that's all you got to do just go to amps.freetalklive.com you can sign up there on our patreon and you get some perks like access to the amp only podcast which has the full radio show with no recorded commercials so thank you justin o'donnell go to amps.freetalklive.com to do that amps.freetalklive.com we can keep going on the drag thing here uh, or uh, not even drag a teacher dressing in women's clothing but uh, ricky is in pennsylvania you're on free talk live go ahead ricky Thank you there, Brother Ian, Sister Bonnie, Sister Aria. What's on your mind? Well, I got to reverse my order on my topic. Sister Aria got me going, and I got to quickly comment okay. on this. Okay, it's like this. It's like if we had He Talked Live, and the people on the show would be yourself, Ian, Jay, and Ricky from the Commonwealth as guests. Okay. And at one point, either one of you would go over and look in my direction. That's cool. It's called human curiosity. It shows that you have an intellect. Mm -hmm. The higher the intellect, the more curious you're going to be about anything. It's not gay or sexual. It'd be a little more obvious, though, if you're like looking under the table. Yeah, I mean, it would only become sexual if you made it sexual, right? Like if I'm looking at you. I don't know how you would have he talk live. You know, because what guys are a little different than girls. But are guys really going to be naked? Is that what you're getting at? Because yeah. that and detail was left out. In the case of She Talk Live, it'd be a little different because, unfortunately, guys look at the breast as a sexual organ. We do do so She do Talk Live with clothes on, so yeah, that's a good but point. The but the breasts the are not a sexual a organ. So the dr- the, the, I'm sorry, but 
Like biologically, breasts are not know, a sexual organ. Said. They're not. Right? I know it's so stupid. They're the same thing, but that's a stigmatism. But women but also look at breasts body. sexually. Huh? Women also look at breasts sexually, though. This is not just men doing this, right? I've met of plenty course. of lesbians. They they like boobs too, man. Well, look, right. uh, it, the thing is, it doesn't matter whether the the body part is covered or revealed. It is the general, the sort of the general attractiveness of that individual, which you can right. assess. It's either human curiosity, or you can make it as sexual. as long as the but person's not wearing make- a burqa. Okay, well, you will right. be able to assess the attractiveness of that individual. You can see, make sure with boobs because boobs kind of stick out, but like you can't really just tell how big a guy's thing that you're not supposed to I, look at is. Okay, I get what you I get what you're Always. saying there. Well, True, be like looking at the statue of David. You know, same thing. You know. Okay, what else, Ricky? All right, now it finally happened, brother Ian. Come Saturday. Marjorie Taylor Greene, congresswoman from Georgia, was at CPAC and spoke. And afterwards, it finally happened. A reporter caught up with her and said, what do you actually mean with this national divorce? And here's what she said, and then I'll throw in my analyzation quickly. It's pretty cool. Now, she said, and I'll quote her as best as possible, pretty brief. She wants smaller governments. She said red states and blue states. And then she said that way... The red states can have the policies they want and really ramp it up. So here's my answer to this, Ian. Obviously, there's no blue states. But the reality, for her concept to even be possible at all, you would only use U.S. congressmen in the district of that state. That's number one. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I started tuning you out, man. Excuse me, to make her concept even possible. Because she just wants red states to have what they want. Their policies. But here's the yeah. thing. The only way that would be possible is U.S. congressmen in, say, Pennsylvania or whatever would have to be the ones that represent and then bring it to the Congress. But even if it went, it'd never go past the Senate. You're talking but about the, other thing. You you're don't talking about the congressmen would have to bring a proposal for national right. divorce, they would, they so, would, so called. bring it to the House. Say it even went. It wouldn't happen. But here's the reality, and I touched on it last night. You don't need that. Take Pennsylvania or New Hampshire, and one may be easier than the other. But what it comes down to, they both have a good shot. What you would need first is 60% of registered voters. Second, all you would need is the House. Just okay. like well, South maybe things work that way in Pennsylvania, but in New Hampshire you would need 67% of the well, voters, you know what I mean. so and you, you need the both the state house and you need the the state senate to pass a constitutional amendment uh, to uh, put it on the ballot. Actually, but here's the thing: you don't actually need one. In why? the case of South Carolina, it didn't. You only had the governor, and the reason why the Senate would not actually be necessary in Confederacy. They would. You could actually just get rid of mm-hmm. them and wouldn't even need them. Well, I mean, good luck they with that, because I'll tell you what, Ricky, in New Hampshire, I can't speak for South Carolina, uh, but in New Hampshire, the Senate is constitutionally authorized. You yeah, just, but we have a weaker governor, so maybe South Carolina has a strong governor. Yeah, I don't know. But thank you for the call tonight, Ricky. I appreciate it.
Uh, but uh, in New Hampshire, if you wanted to get rid of the Senate, and some people have proposed this idea. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, say it's suck. a terrible idea. They're, yeah, they're way terrible. worse than the House. They have more power because there's only 24 senators in New Hampshire, so each one has a larger percentage of influence than the 400. I don't 400. really get the point of them either. It's like, don't the House of Representatives already basically do their job? Well, the claim- Yeah, wasn't the point to mirror the House of Lords in the United Kingdom? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like they have the House of Commons and the House of Lords, and that's oh, sort of what the really? House of Representatives is. Uh, you mean, right. So would the Lords be the Senators? Yes. And the, oh, okay. So that would make sense. As then. I understand it, that was sort of the idea. It was to mimic that. Yeah, yeah. that's stupid. We don't have Lords. Okay, Let's so get rid of them. I don't know what the um, arguments are for bicameral legislatures. I know that I think it's North, is it North Dakota or Nebraska? Nebraska, I think it is, actually has a monocameral legislature. So they there are states, or at least one state, that does not have one or the other. I don't remember if Nebraska's Senate or House, but they don't have the other one. I uh, think New Hampshire should get rid of its Senate. I say that having given the matter only about 12 seconds of thought. I tended to also, like when I first heard the idea, I thought, yeah, why not? The House is closer to the people. They are more responsible to the people they quote unquote yeah, for represent. For whatever reason, the senators seem to just be like, I don't even think to email them. It's like, oh, they're not going to listen. But the Senate, to their credit, now, not because they did it for the right reasons, but to their credit, it's the Senate is why we don't have some tax and spend marijuana legalization here. Mm. The Senate has stood in the way of that, uh, and the House has passed taxation on marijuana. So. I don't think that it's because they're against taxes, though. I think it's just because they they're might be marijuana. prohibitionists or are not convinced that legalization is the right idea. So it may just be because they're just more stick in the mud and, and tied into power. But ultimately, that has prevented some pretty bad okay. marijuana legalization from getting well, through. Wouldn't Sununu have vetoed them anyway? Yeah, that's that's true as well. So, again, I don't think it would be terrible. I don't think it would be a terrible loss to lose the Senate. But in order to do it, you would actually have to propose a constitutional amendment. You'd have to get the Senate themselves to vote to abolish themselves, (laughs) which uh, good luck with that. If If you can get to that point, then you've actually got a decent Senate. And you probably shouldn't get rid of those people. But, you know, I could see that'd be nice to to simplify the government. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I I think. But if you want to make an argument for a bicameral legislature, feel free. The number here is 603-283-6160. I tend to agree that a legislature that's closer to the people is better. Not that we want any kind of legislature. I think we'd probably rather have no government whatsoever. Uh, But regardless, to go to your calls here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Hi there. My name is Gage. Gage, you're on the air. All right, so this really isn't about government. I'm not going to really say anything about that because I'm not too knowledgeable about it. Uh, but about the COVID scenario, I mean, you're, you guys aren't too far off the bat that it wasn't anything that was fully proven throughout the entirety of it all. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as far as the deaths go, um, my dad is immunocompromised, and he's had the flu, I think, once since um, I've known him, and he's been immunocompromised. And when he got, like, COVID, you know, he got, like, the mild version, and it almost killed him. Like, he was a a step away from death. Yikes. Sorry to hear that. Well, he he didn't die, right? Like, did he – was it bad from the flu, too? So, from the flu, it was bad. But, however, uh, with COVID, you know, it had both the near death because it just kind of tore him up from the inside, but it also had a residual – 
So we still mask every now and again. You know, we understand that it doesn't help as much, but sometimes it's just better safe than sorry, especially if somebody is immunocompromised or extremely young. Well, it's but like you really can safe? make that decision. I don't really think that it does anything. It's not that it doesn't do as much. I, I don't think it does anything. But you can make that decision, and I wouldn't even say anything about it. I would have never, like, criticized you for it ever. It's just the fact that for the last two years we've been having to argue that we shouldn't be forced to wear a mask when we don't want to, mm-hmm. and then we were proven right that it doesn't do anything. Yeah, man, I, I think know, everyone here agrees. Uh, if if your wife was dying of some disease, uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all for you to try literally everything possible mm. to cure her or to keep her safe or whatever. The same with your father. I, I would, wouldn't blame you. I don't, even if it only works 0.0001% of the time, that's, oh, yeah. do it anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely. The masks did become a bit of a stigma for a while. And it was funny, too. Once everything let out, if if you guys noticed, if you did wear a mask, like nowadays, you know, even when we go out in public, 99% of the population is wearing one. And it's like an anti-stigma. You Where know? do you live? It became, I live down here in Florida. You And you said 99% is wearing a mask right now? No, no, it's not wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the Corner News has a sign up that says you can't wear a mask inside. Really? Yes, right. they Boy, do. that's a big change. Well, I mean, stealing. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. It, it's, it says due to theft. Yeah, not, but, but, they, but still. But they used to require masks. Yes. So that's a that's yeah. a huge change. So, yeah, Gage, I would say though, that... You, you did have a bunch of uh, fun masks come around around that time, because I do remember a gag mask that um, a friend showed me that he and his family got. It was a ramen noodle uh, mask that if you put it on and you had glasses, it would fog up your glasses. That was the whole point of it. I don't know if I consider that fun, but hey, you know, you get your fun where you get your fun, I guess. Um, I, you know, hey, like, yeah, it sucked to have your glasses actually fogged up. I agree with my co-host. Fogged. Uh, we are saying fogged. Yeah. I agree with my co-host <laughs> here that uh, if you want to put on a mask, that's totally fine. But the one thing that you don't have a right to do is to tell everybody else that because you're afraid or somebody you know is uh, immunocompromised, that everyone else in society should also have to do the same thing. I mean, saying that an immunocompromised person got a disease and almost killed them isn't really like an argument to me. It's like... Well, yeah, you're saying they're immunocompromised. They don't have an immune system as that as robust as the average person. So probably it's going to affect them a lot worse than the average person. The thing is, do, does the 99% of the population need to protect that 1% or should that 1% be protected by their families and stay out of the public as often and things like that? Should we close down Correct. the economy That's- for it? No. Correct. That's not what I'm saying. I was just right. saying yeah. like, as far were. as the different perspectives but it's also interesting how you know uh with the COVID shot like there's that one tennis player from russia he just wants to come over and play a game but we won't let him because he doesn't have a COVID shot and nobody else in the world cares it's interesting how that happens gage thanks for the call tonight man and yeah we weren't saying you were saying that just to be clear but just to make sure that the points are out for the listening audience i think i appreciate the call thanks dude uh, the number here is 603-283-6160 renee is on the line in louisiana go ahead renee yeah, this is Renee. Uh, I mean, can I bring up a subject? That you can always bring up a subject. That's why we have open phones here. Go ahead. Okay, my my, my thing is I'm pondering. You know, this uh, this racial reparations thing. Wait, hmm. If I if I I'm a I'm a somewhat white guy. If I married a minority, would I like get the benefit of having a wife and uh, not own reparations? Because I'm trying to I'm helping. Them and we were like a interracial couple. 
you wouldn't. I mean, I I think under a law for reparations, you wouldn't get any money. Is that what you're trying to ask? No, he asked if he would owe. I don't want to be on oh. the hook morally and financially if it ever became enforced. Morally, no. Well, but, you, you asked a question that we don't, we, all we can do is speculate on because all of the proposals for so-called reparations are, you know, in the proposal stage. I don't think we've actually seen any kind of fruition on that. So we don't know what that would look like. But, but based on my understanding of the concept, the reparations aren't going to uh, necessarily, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to see like a debit on your paycheck that says white guy reparations, right? Like ding, we're just taking out an extra hundred dollars a week or something like that. I think what you're likely to see is the government is just simply going to take whatever revenue they have and they're going to redistribute some of that revenue to people that they say meet the qualifications to receive that revenue. So it's well, probably going to be as so the indirect as that. way of I, taking it out of your paycheck. Yeah. Might I add a tad bit more? Oh uh-huh, sure. To some of uh somewhat French ancestry can me reparations. I mean, the Roman Empire had everybody for slaves. You said uh, you kind kind of cut out there. He has French ancestry, so is he owed reparations because the Roman Empire? Yeah, you make an excellent question. I just want to make make it clear that on at least as far as I'm concerned, I do not support the idea of of reparations. Uh, I, I support certainly restitution against people that actually have been victimized. Uh, but the individuals alive today are certainly not the ones that were enslaved as in chattel slavery. Of course, everyone is enslaved to the existence of the state, and that's a whole other story. But yeah, so uh, just to be clear, Free Talk Live, I, I think I can speak for everyone in the room. Uh, we don't want to see forced wealth redistribution. No, I want to see people who do something wrong do anything they can to make that something right. But that doesn't mean that people who are descendants of people who did something wrong have any obligation to do to undo it. They, it, they can't undo it. I think the best form of reparations, if we're going to have it, would be the federal government to abolish themselves and then simply allow the people uh, to homestead the, the land that they own. There's two-thirds of the country, basically, that's federal land. And so that would be a lot of space for anybody that wanted to get out of the cities and start a whole new life for themselves, regardless of the the color of their skin. But to give those people no laws against uh, or no laws that make starting businesses hard. It's like, oh mm-hmm. well, it's not fair because our ancestors were slaves, so we got behind on businesses. But like that's how you uh, what do they call it? Level the playing field. Yeah, right? if you want you to get level rid of the stupid laws. Field. Yeah, you get rid of the laws that stand oh. in the way of poor people. Which are disproportionately, you know, uh, of color, right? Get in the way of poor people starting their own business and becoming entrepreneurs. You bring a big paradox here. Hmm. If big government likes funds to spend, how come they should not stimulate business and more business to generate more funds so they can spend more? Okay, so you cannot stimulate by stealing. So the government. St- steals money right like they extort money from people by threatening them with violence that's what taxes are if you don't pay the tax men with guns are going to come and they're going to hurt you they're going to take your stuff they're going to take your house they're going to put you in a cage so taxes are backed by the threat of violence and so when you steal money from people if you then turn around after paying your gang members for you know the job they did stealing the money so you take the gang members take a cut and then you turn around and you spend, well, I don't know, 60% or 40% or whatever is left over. I think with the federal government, it's like a 60% overhead of on welfare programs. So you take the other 40% and 
and then you actually deliver that to quote unquote people who need it whether it be welfare or whether it be corporate welfare or subsidies for business you're not stimulating anything you're you're rewarding your buddies you're rewarding the politically connected and everyone else has to pay for it that's the broken window fallacy yeah, right yeah thank you renee for the call i appreciate hearing from you sarah's in new or new mexico go ahead sarah oh i just want to say i i i pay 30 dollars a month to um to the PBS um, um, uh, TV station, and uh, sometimes it's like the only thing that's worthwhile uh, watching is the PBS. So. Oh, that's nice. So you that should be to... considered them double dipping in welfare. So, so you've called to you're pointing out that Sarah's a welfare recipient. Yeah, so, so she's just re- redistributing some welfare to PBS that already gets welfare. So but she's I not see. a horse. She's very clear on that point. I see how it is, Sarah. So you've called to brag about how you give money to PBS. But yet you you call this show every single night and you never cut us a check. Hmm. Well, uh, you've I never joined the that. AMPS program. But I mean, you you attack people on welfare, so why should you get my welfare money? <laughs> we do not attack you. You always attack me. We do not attack. We I mean, you be, harass. You people that get the help, and so the, why should you get some of that money? I, I don't see any uh, about it. Well, it was, you get the airtime. Yeah, I was just kidding, Sarah. I really don't care if you uh, if you cut us a check or, no, or not. But I did I did seem a little hypocritical. Well, the thing is that uh, you does know, PBS take your calls? That's a great question. Yeah, do you get to call into a f- open phone show on PBS? You know something I did. No, but I think not that I, what I like is that New Mexico is focused. They have the PBS New Mexico. That was a lot of words for no. Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't have it, but I think they have a satellite, 98.1 KNME. I think the um, the college station, I think they might be like in together. I don't know, but sometimes they get callers um, out of, on that show that I've call, called in that one show but i don't know if the the one that the station that david Olman olsen got kicked out of that they yeah the kate K- i think you guys uh, have been you, you mentioned david olsen but i think you have also been kicked off of uh stations sarah just to be fair well they banned me from kkob for some yeah. strange reason it's because you're a chronic what you would call a chronic caller some in the strange reason you're you're somebody who is a uh, consistent personality you're always on the phones you're calling literally every single night you have the same topic pretty often a lot of times you talk about the exact same thing and talk show producers don't want to have that on the air because it's boring well the thing is i've been talking about speeding cameras and yeah 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 that's why i tell you when you that's why we've changed our policy with you sarah because we had to because over time, not because you're boring, not, not not just because the listeners might find you boring, because obviously some people are going to like you and some people aren't, but because the hosts find you uh, boring sometimes. And that's why I will tell you when you call in, yeah, Sarah, you've been calling suck. about that too much. You've called about too many speeding cameras, so you need to call about something else. The, the show's going to suck if well, we're no, bored well, too. I, right. Well, I think that the, the reason that they banned KKOB from me talking about speeding cameras because we got speeding cameras. I mean, it was very powerful enough to... You're speculating. So you don't know why they banned it. you unless they told you. Also, well, it sounds like she's know. trying to say that they got speeding cameras because of her calling KTOB. Oh, yeah. yeah, she totally believes. She oh, thinks yeah, yeah. I, she thinks I, I the, the New Hampshire... She thinks the New Mexico government listens to our show 
and that when she calls Free Talk Live, it's influencing them in some way. Well, you know what? Here, here's the thing. It, it doesn't and yet she won't give us money. <laughs> We're influencing your government, and you won't join the AMPS program. And we don't even take any welfare, so we don't have any help, Sarah. I don't know if the EBT card works with Patreon, though, so she probably mm, she point. probably can't join. Unless she's got a bank card or something. She but, can buy some Chipotle. You, you know what? I The whole problem with your thing is that I just need to, I still write out checks and P.O. Box, and all you got is all this online stuff like that. And Oh, no, we have a mailing address. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, could, you could cut a check and send it our way. I feel bad. I don't want you guys to influence Sarah to give us money. No, it's true. Yeah, I, I don't, I really I don't want your money, Sarah. I mean, it's the, I feel bad because of the taxpayer of New Mexico. Well, I mean, she's already got the money. She's going to spend it on something. But also, Sarah. Uh, I don't know. Well, the thing is, the uh, PBS, I'm going to up it to 50 because they deserve it. Big spender. (laughs) All right. Okay, never mind. Instead of upping it to 50, just give us 20. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. I uh, I do appreciate it, kind of. David, on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. I'm Bonnie. I'm Bonnie. Okay. Um. You know, people on the the radio are, are no bigger prize than the callers. And women, definitely, there are... So many women, a lot of women. How are you tonight, that, David? That, that, I don't, that get their orgasms from having their nipples stimulated. Ladies, call in and tell Ian about it. Apparently, he's not aware. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really weigh organs, in, dude. but I because I don't know what constitutes a sex organ. But it would they're be like re- reproductive, sensitive, ability. and they well, they're kind of related because they the lactation, right? I'm not saying that makes them sexual as in. It's degrading children's minds to see them. Some people might get an orgasm, uh, you know, off of a, you know, a touch to another part of their body. Yeah, especially people right? that lose their uh, regular sex organs, they can start uh, having those reactions. I wish we had more from, time like, to talk about it. From like their toes and stuff. It is an interesting discussion, but we're out of time for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. Thank you for the call, Dave, and we'll see you tomorrow. It's Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.